folks is Titus's fantastic voyage by Coolio and um <laughs> what a trip it was <laughs> unless you've been living in Saudi Arabia you've already oh wait even if you were there you've seen this so everybody has seen the Titus fantastic voyage Pacey we could do two hours on this <laughs> I think we could I definitely think we could. Uh, we were discussing this actually just a couple minutes ago. As he, I was sitting there, not watching live, but watching my first watch through. So before I knew what happened, other than the fact that you said that he has got the the biggest highlight for the for the Royal Rumble, and he'll forever be in packages going forward. I was, I was forward totally selling here. it to you. <laughs> so I'm anticipating his entrance. I figured he would have bought something in the ring. But as he's walking out, I notice right off the bat, and probably because you cued me to it, or cued me to something was going to happen. Right. Um, notice he was walking funny from the time he came out. Like, like maybe he rolled his ankle or something, but he was kind of like walking on his toes, and it looked awkward. And so when he fell, I'm like, huh. <laughs> Almost seems like it was on purpose, but I, I really don't think it was. You know, I, no, I don't honestly, think you could do that on purpose that well. I thought it was at first after they made a big deal about it, but then when they would show the slow-mo replays, the way he tripped, I don't I don't think you can purposely trip that mm-hmm. way unless you're an awesome, awesome actor, which I don't think Titus is necessarily. Oh, and he's lucky as hell he wasn't half an inch over. He would have hit his head right in the middle of the fucking the bar or the post going down the middle of the ring. Well, yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to talk about this because we can we can go look back and laugh at it now because all was well and good. But yeah, let's imagine if he had done it. Even if he'd have done it, uh, maybe one or two steps later, he could have went straight into the ring apron, which, as we've been told yeah. time and time again, is the hardest part of the ring. <laughs> and <laughs> let's not forget, if this was in the United States, that would have been a metal LED video board. And as two people who have worked on those LED video boards, we can tell you they are solid and heavy. Oh, yeah. And he could have... Sturdy stuff. Yeah, he could have died or been seriously injured. I mean, he was just lucky that that was Apron and not that LED board because Titus is one of the taller guys on the roster, and this is a roster of giants. He went so far under the ring, literally only the bottoms of his boots were out, like his ankles and, and under. That's a long way to be under the ring. <laughs> right. Hey, another good reason the ladder match came before the Royal Rumble. Because <laughs> he would have been hitting ladders. No, that's a good... You know what? I never thought about that one. Of all these these horrible scenarios I played out in my head for this last week, I didn't think of that. Damn. Right. God forbid he runs headfirst into an aluminum foil ladder. <laughs> that's a solid steel ladder. <laughs> I love them in their solid everything solid steel the chairs steel chairs who the fuck's ever found a, ch- a chair made of steel you know how heavy that fucker would be right steel ring steps these fuckers let me tell you something Michael 
those stairs weigh over 500 pounds. I love that one. That's one of the best. And some dude's dragging it with one hand. <laughs> yeah, them in there. Everything's fucking steel. It's a steel mm. cage. That's not a steel cage, man. No, that's, I've seen that's that very much park. so aluminum. <laughs> Everything's steel. You'd be having to dish out the tetanus shots if everything was made out of steel the way they say it is. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if, if WWE has some sort of like S T E E L E trademarked or something so that all their stuff is <laughs> it's steel <laughs> You know? Just some way around right. it. <laughs> oh man. Uh hey, the one good thing is Titus isn't getting much exposure before this. And I don't know if anybody was buying Titus merch. He has a new shirt out. The Rumble Fumble, I believe it is, in the font of the Greatest Royal Rumble and the colors of the Greatest Royal Rumble. I'm happy the man's going to get some merch. It's great, because we had an episode not that long ago called Royal Fumble. Yes. They're jocking our steez. Vince, we know you're still listening. We know it. <laughs> it says, uh... I just looked it up. It's the what's it? It's the Rumble. No, no, I clicked on it and it's gonna load. It's the Rumble, Stumble, <laughs> or Slide. Of course, they have to get the slide in there. Oh, it's Rumble, Stumble, or Slide on the front, and it shows his two little shoes peeking out. And then on the back, it says "Do it worldwide." So Rumble, Stumble, or Slide, do it worldwide. <laughs> Those feet are gonna become as and, iconic and... as the um the shoes underneath the house on the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> And earlier you had brought up the fact that both of us have worked on LED signage at one point in our life or another. Uh, does it bother you as much as it bothers me that every time I watch Monday Night Raw on the Titantron right behind where they walk out from, in the lower, from the way you're looking at it, would be the lower left corner, there's one pixel block that's been out for like a year or better? I, I have noticed that and it does bother the shit out of me, but I've just come to terms that those are little things that only bother you or you even notice if you've worked in it. Another thing, right. that, another thing that always bothers me, and they did this on um, NXT, just the, the last NXT when Champa attacked Gargano again, is whenever they throw somebody into an LED board, a section of it starts staticking out like an old CRT TV. And it's like, that is, right. that is not how those things go out. That folks. doesn't happen. It either just goes out or the color would slightly change. It, it's not gonna. It isn't a CRT TV. It doesn't get static. That isn't a thing that exists. <laughs> so, and if it did, it'd be coming from the video, um, the controls. It would, you know, the the display just displays what the video controls put out. So, yeah, things like that. You can tell they're already gimmicked, pre uh, predetermined where they're gonna throw them, and they have that section programmed to when they click a button, then it changes to that. So. That always kind of bugs me, but again, it's actually, I mean, it's very, movies do it too, TV does it, it's its very good television, it sells what you're doing, and if you haven't worked on those things, you probably don't even know that wouldn't happen. It seems feasible. Right. But yeah, Vince, if you're listening, get your fucking pixel fixed. That thing just screams at me week after week after week, and it's not even that expensive of a repair, if I, if I remember correctly. No, it wouldn't be. You'd only have to change out just one mod. So repairing yeah, one yeah, mod just... isn't a big deal. The, the um, 
Um, in, installation would be what would cost you the most, but also depending on what your warranty is or who you go through, you know. And hey, you know what? He Vince, didn't get the warranty. That's why they're not fixing it. That's how they get you. <laughs> Vince, if you're listening, why don't you just hire Pasty and me on as your LED signage consultants? And we'll just walk you through everything. You we'll, go. we'll go to every show that has an LED screen, maybe more. Maybe we're just going to check and see where LED screens would be would be a good idea. And we'll come and we'll walk you through all the shit. We can do solder repairs if you need. We know how to do that. Just click <laughs> on the job. Just get us a soldering gun and some solder. We're, we're there, buddy. We got your back, Vince. Hook us up. I want to sell out the same way Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson did. <laughs> oh. Man, and a lot of people, a lot of people complaining about how the women weren't involved and Sami Zayn wasn't there because he's of Syrian descent well, even though he's from Canada and we, we got all this to get into. All this shit. We, we can get into this. We I just wanted to get into the... Unless you have something like specific to say here. Well, just the, the, the fact that WWE had to pay a fine because they aired See, no, that getting, stupid fucking... Into, let's let's best... wait till we get into the, to the Royal okay. Rumble controversy stuff. Let's not blow okay. our load right off the bat. Uh, you know, I like to give them a little bit right off the jump. I can't help. I know it. I know it. We just I got, got plenty of juice. Got I got the juice. <laughs> um, I just wanted to talk. I mean, Titus is the thing. I figured it's the elephant in the room. We have to talk about Titus right off the bat. Get all the Titus stuff out of our system before we move on. Otherwise, every other thing is going to be something Titus. And, and we got a show to run, and we got to keep it moving and keep it going. That's how life is. Yeah. Um, You know. Things could have been worse today. We could have had some issues that we're not having. So, awesome. Things. Are yeah, good. things are good. So, sir, what did uh, what's your overall feelings walking away from the greatest Royal Rumble? Did you hate it? Did you love it? Um, first thing is is um, adjectives. Greatest Royal Rumble. It was not largest Royal Rumble. Longest Royal Rumble. Yes. That being said, it wasn't a bad Royal Rumble. They, I think because they had so many people to get in there, I can't really think of one moment where there was an actual lull where it was just, you know, forearm, forearm, headlock, forearm, lay down, sit down. I didn't really see that. So that's good. That being said, there were a lot of moments where it's a ton of people you really don't give a shit about or didn't even know. Or forgot. How about those? Yeah. How about those two fucking dudes from NXT that nobody ever fucking heard of once in their life? Yeah, um, Butambi, and then the um, the other guy who just nobody gives a shit about. I don't even remember <laughs> what his name was. Like seriously, you could have had some better better call ups from NXT. And, you know, you know was, things people actually. That Butambi guy, I was kind of like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. I'd like to see this guy, but they really didn't let him do anything. He just came in so that he could be mm-hmm. eliminated by. Uh, was it Lashley that came in and eliminated those guys, or was that Braun? I think that was yeah. Lashley. That was before Braun, wasn't it? It was Lashley. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and I mean, the, the, the way they, they had people come out was clever, I guess, because you, you had a lot of your smaller guys and your 205 Live guys and your lesser knowns and your people you don't really care about come out early. And so it got better and on, and i got to give them kudos for that. But I'm talking as a whole, the event whole. What the do you event feel? as a whole, the, 
the thing is, people need to realize, or maybe maybe I'm speaking out of turn, because there's two things that I have an issue with. The show was just a show that's taking place in Saudi Arabia. They just happened to air it on the network. Right. So you have to look at it as a house show. Yeah. The problem with that being is WWE chopped off its nose to spite its face. Build it as a paper. By plugging it and building it so hard over backlash and, and forgetting about WrestleMania that they sold it. At, yeah, they sold it as a pay-per-view, like you said. So they're the ones that pretty much brought the expectations way above than it, than it ever would be. For me, when I step mm-hmm. back, when I give them the benefit of the doubt and say, okay, they fucked up by overhyping. For a house show, I would say it was a... If you're if you're grading a house show, this is definitely an A house show. I mean, this has got to be the most expensive oh, yeah. house show they've ever ran. Yeah, I didn't think you were going to steal the words right from my mouth the way you did, but I started <laughs> watching this like I was watching a pay-per-view. And after the first match, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is a house show. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I started watching it more like a house show, and I, I found myself enjoying it. I mean, even on a pay-per-view level, if I had to look at it in that sense... I'd call it, it wasn't average. Bad. Yeah, I'd call it average as a pay-per-view. Yeah, right down the middle. Mm-hmm. So, not 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 horribly bad. Um, you know, and we're we're going to get into the controversy and I'm definitely going to give WWE a lot of shit for being as hypocritical as they are. And I won't get into the money right now, the amount cuz we're going to get into that too. But if somebody uh, came yes, to Yes, we will. Yeah. If somebody came to Pasty and I and said we're going to drop this much money and you just have to sell out all your values. I would be like, buy values. Get the fuck out of here. Right. I, I don't know why you wouldn't. I, I It is hypocritical, <laughs> yes. But I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Right. But I mean, and that was just the money off the bat. There's still more to come. Which is yeah, yeah, amazing. We're going to discuss Not it necessarily a good way. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, that's also one of the richest nations in the world, Sheep. so they can afford to do that. It was basically just a giant PR stunt, is all this is. It's just them trying to get public yeah. relations on yeah. And uh, before we get into more news, because I got some news stuff to discuss here, I do just want to say happy birthday to Rock the Dwayne Johnson, the 10-time WWE champion. Turned yeah. 46 today. I cannot believe that he is 20 years older than me. Crazy. 46. And the man looks amazing. Looks amazing. I thought you were 25, not 26. Didn't you well, say you were 25? I, I am Did you 25, just have a birthday and I'm I didn't just, know about it? No, I'm just rounding. I mean, what am I going to say, 19 or 21 oh, okay. or whatever? I'm just rounding. Um... <laughs> So, happy birthday, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Rock the Dwayne. What better way to support the man you love than to go see his new movie, Rampage, in theaters now? Just kidding, don't go see that shit heap. I was going to say, are you the only one who feels bad that uh, that's getting such (laughs) shitty reviews? (laughs) Well, they couldn't expect it to be great. You know, at that point, why didn't you make Primal Rage the movie? I think that would have went over a little bit better. I... I would fucking love to see Primal Rage the movie. Fest. God. Does anybody remember <laughs> Primal Rage? The prehistoric fighting game? That shit was awesome. Yeah. That Dude, that was raptor awesome. was my fucking shit. I think everybody was... went for the raptor, but I oh. think that's also because that was right around Jurassic Park time. I mean, a little bit after, but 
You know, Jurassic right, Park really right. made the... I love Jurassic Park that made these raptors out to be such killing machines. And when you, like, look at them scientifically, they were, like, three foot tall and they were full of feathers and they, like... They were just birds. They were <laughs> tiny birds. It's like... <laughs> right. Tiny, flightless birds. Yeah. But, you know, Jurassic Park it up. Why not? Why not? I think the best thing there, too, is, is like, the sounds that dinosaurs make. We're now finding that we were so far off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we, uh, we keep saying this, but to be honest, everything that we're saying is also still just a guess. It's just allegedly right. a slightly more educated guess, you know? Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. And, and Jurassic Park gets away with it because in their in their storytelling, they said they mixed the DNA with, with um, amphibians or reptiles, so I guess they can... They can get away with it being a mutant hybrid. I mean, hey, it's an awesome movie. I can be like every other internet troll and shit on everything wrong with it, but it's an awesome movie. Well, I would I never have... shit on anything except for maybe the, the third Jurassic Park? Um, the third one. Yeah, because I like the one where yeah, the, the, the second one. one was good, where they brought the Rexes back to, to the mainland. I liked that. Oh, okay, no. Because, you know, is, Godzilla. Then... Okay, to me, then, no, I, I don't like the second one. I like the third one better. Ah, uh, yeah. But, um, well, I mean, the third one, just, the thing that pissed me off the most was, yes, I saw World. World was good. Awesome. Damn good. Really looking forward to seeing the next one. And actually, the, uh, the game that they're making, uh, Jurassic World Evolution, yeah. looks fan-fucking-tastic. I have not it's just it. a park simulator. You, you, you make your own Jurassic Park. But you can, oh. like, go discover, um, like, amber across the world, and you can splice dinosaurs' genes together and make your own Jurassic Park. And there's all kinds of management and maintenance and things you got to do to keep your park in order so the dinosaurs don't escape and kill everybody. So, yeah, you know, like it's what you would expect. Yeah, like but it's gonna City, be a lot but with dinosaurs. Or yeah, and I like games like that. Especially yeah. right now, those are the games I'm, like, itching to play. Ah. I don't know. Too much online competitive bullshit in gaming these days. Like, let me sit down with a world simulator and build something. Yeah, there actually Fun. is one of those, and I don't remember what it was. There is a uh, a franchise that I like that had one of those that seemed really fun to me, and for the life of me, I can't think of what it is. Um, I was reading Entertainment Weekly, and they came up with the best pun for Chris Pratt for Jurassic Park. Because <laughs> he's coming back for his second Jurassic Park movie, right? Right, yeah. He, he got his big break on um, Parks and Rec, the, the TV mm. show. They were like, the man, the man who's familiar with Parks and T-Rex. <laughs> I was like, that is awesome. Jurassic Park, <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rexes, Parks and T-Rex. I was like, that is so cool. How come I didn't think of that? Fun I'm reason. done with that. <laughs> um do you got some uh do you have a an update for us on some political news going on yes hell yes hell yes knox county primary election was just held what today yesterday today, one of the two today today yes and our boy glenn jacobs won the republican primary election by a total of 17 votes. Folks, that which is insane. 0.04% of the votes. 
Not even a tenth of a percent. <laughs> like, uh, what an upset victory. I'm super excited for him. Uh, the the actual election comes up this August. It so makes it'll me be wonder, soon. makes and, me wonder if, like, while they're counting the votes, like, he was behind and he just finally got ahead and he was, like, 20 ahead. And then they counted three more votes, and they were all against him. So every time they pulled another ballot out, he just choke slammed that person, big booted the next time they pulled one out, tombstone the next one. He's like, "I'm at seventeen up now. The more you pull, the more I'm beating ass." <laughs> That's how you win an election. Ah, uh, no, it's it's good, especially because lately, you know, I've been complaining because he's been using his wrestling career to gain edge in this political race, oh, which I think is very against what you should be doing. Yeah, yeah. That's his, that's his, uh, that's, that's going to be his, his vice governor, mayor, vice mayor, junior mayor, junior mayor? assistant? I don't know. Mayor. John mayor? John mayor. John Mellencamp? Adam, Adam Copeland is his John mayor. Does he got, does he have a camp for melons? Yes. <laughs> mm. The thing that the thing that got me is that that we had heard he won, and then it's like, oh, it's the primary, the the primaries. We've been covering this for like a year now, and now he's just won the fucking right. ticket for the pre- like. How long do these mayoral candidate <laughs> things go? Isn't this like a, a is it a bi yearly thing or something? Like, damn, it's not presidency. It's not every four years. But then again, I, you see a lot of the lower branches of government get like 10-year reigns and shit like that. I don't know how it works. It just seems yeah, like I don't know. forever. <laughs> I would like to think, though, that those 17 votes that pushed him over the top came from the loyal B-Sticks podcast listeners in Knox County. I know. I, I handed in my absentee ballot. I mailed mine in. <laughs> All I had to do was... Uh, I got my spot. whole... Got my whole family to vote. I found the social security numbers of all my deceased family members, so they voted too. There you go. Yeah. There you go. All you got to do is buy buy an acre of land or a plot of land down there, and you can vote. Cost me ten bucks. (laughs) Not even enough space to put a deer stand up. Nope. But I did put a standing deer up. You know, just one of the porcelain lawn ornaments. Oh, I guess we're, we're not really going in any order because we had a lot of uh, catching up to do for technical issues before we started, folks. So that's that's rare. It's usually while we're going. But let me just uh, let me just say I do want to say that um, Amazing Kong, also known as Awesome Kong, uh, she was known for a cup of coffee as Karma in the WWE. She had posted yes. an update on on Twitter following a successful surgery for back injuries. Before she went in for the procedure, she posted a video revealing what the surgery was for and said it was just a minor procedure at the same day outpatient facility. So she goes in, gets it done, and leaves. But it went successful. You never know how those things can go. Hopefully she gets back on her feet, gets going, and keeps wreaking havoc. I'm going to tell you what, I don't know if she'll ever be in WWE again, 
But the way uh, TNA or Impact Wrestling's women's division is going, I would love to see her return to Impact Wrestling. Right. She deserves to be in the Hall of Fame there. As I mean, I don't know if they're doing that anymore because it was a TNA Hall of Fame and now it's Impact and they didn't do one last year, but... She should go to Ring of Honor and be the newest member of the Bullet Club. That would be awesome. Go to New Japan. Yeah, but their their shows are very separated. I was going to say there's no women's division in New Japan, but I know that would be wrong. No, They're just isn't. not on the same shows. There isn't a women's division in there New isn't? Japan. No, they mostly oh, okay. go, uh, okay. the biggest women's one would be Stardom over there. But no, they do not have a women's division over there. Um, folks, if, if, if you're listening and you're like, this son of a bitch doesn't know what he's talking about, they have a women's division this year. Hey, man, shoot us an email, shoot us a, a, a Twitter, at beefsticks.com, at uh, fatmacbsp.com. Uh, let us know, because I could be wrong, but I'm fairly certain that they are separated. Stardom is their biggest one. They've got a, actually a good amount of women's divisions, so that's cool. And the fact that the women are such hard hitters and so ruthless, and they train with the men, uh, I'm surprised New Japan doesn't. Mm-hmm. But I think just because of how stacked their cards are and how few and far between their shows are, that that's probably the main reason. I don't know. Right. They're probably a little conscious about that. Unlike, unlike Vince, like, holy shit, our, our card is so full. If we had women, they wouldn't be getting the time they deserve. I guess that brings up a point. If they are going to expand in the United States, I would expect if they have a United States division that that would have a women's division in it. Yeah, I would think so, too. Who knows? Better it has to. I mean, they could always go to Saudi Arabia, though. <laughs> oh, <coughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Hasty went there. So, in other news, according to Orlando Sentinel, Vince McMahon proposed putting an XFL team inside Orlando's Camping World Stadium, which actually comes off the heels of of the announcement that an alliance of American football team coached by Spurrier will be put in the UFC's Spectrum Stadium there. While there will be roughly a one-year gap between the launch of Alliance and XFL, and if you folks remember when we got on the XFL uh, subject, we talked about there is another minor league um, um, one coming up that's Alliance that could rival XFL or, or be bigger. Uh, WWE's Vice President John Sabur, or Vice President of Special Events, I'm sorry, and former CEO of Central Florida Sports Commission, is aware that the Alliance of the Alliance and is confident that the Orlando area could support two minor league football teams, despite critics' claims to the contrary. I don't know, can Florida handle that much football, man? They've got uh, two... Do they got three NFL teams or two? They got the Bucks. Um, they got the Jags. Is it just Bucks and Jags that they got in NFL? There's a lot of cities in Florida. I, I don't know. I think it's Bucks and Jags. Now they could get two minor pro teams. Don't forget um, U of M and um, U of M Hurricanes and. Uh, Florida University Gators are big, too. So there's a lot of football going down there. But Florida is kind of a big football area. Rock got his start down there. I don't know. What do you, what do you think of this? Does it even matter? Uh, well, you know, it's going to be some competition. I, I don't know exactly. Um, 
I mean, I don't live in Florida, so it really doesn't matter to me how many football teams they have in the end. Um, it'll be good for Vince to have competition, though. That's that's a for show thing. He works the best when his back is against the wall. I think we can all agree. With yeah, that. I think he would agree with that. And if he there's any so. competition in football, Vince's back is going to be pressed against the wall so hard he's going to become one with that wall. Yeah, it's going to be hard for him to bring the XFL back after failure against another budding, you know, and, and it depends because Vince's league is going to be very strict. If you take a knee, you're not playing. If you are caught with a, a DWI, you're out, you know, things like that. So I, I guess it really depends on what the rules and regulations in this other division are going to be where the, where the better maybe better football players who are worse people go. You know what I mean? Right. And let's let's just point out the fact that those are those are the rules Vince McMahon said were going to be the rules. Those are not right. it doesn't mean written we're gonna down get rules that yeah, we, we we have to wait and see what we end up getting. But that is what Vince said. Um, Vince has been known to put his foot in his mouth a time or two. But or more or more. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, we just hadn't had no XFL news for a while. Let's get the buzz going again. I thought I'd share that. Some other news that makes me super happy is that uh, one guy who's known to stick in just one place and never move around, who claimed that his business with New Japan Pro Wrestling was concluded, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Chris Jericho. But PW Insider is reporting that Chris Jericho is actually set to appear at the Wrestling Dantaku event this week in Fukuoka, Japan. And that will probably culminate with his return to the ring at New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion in Osaka this June. The speculation being that Y2J will resume his feud with IWGP Intercontinental Champion Tetsuya Naito whom Jericho attacked at New Year's Dash back in January, which was his last appearance for New Japan, but hasn't done anything with. When that happened at New Year's Dash, I was so stoked and excited for this feud. Two of the most charismatic men in in anywhere, whether it's New Japan, the United States, Canada, or Saudi Arabia, I don't care where. And then it just fizzled, and I thought, shit, this could never happen possibly, and now it could possibly happen. Basically, what are your thoughts on the man who just appeared this week at the greatest Royal Rumble for the United States in Saudi Arabia, returning to Japan as a Canadian? Do it up, Jericho. Fuck, man. You keep making moves. I love I love this pulling the wool over everybody's eyes, you know? We originally heard he was signed for a three-match deal in New Japan. He fought, what, two matches? And then said he was done. But, you know, keep him guessing. Keep him guessing. I'm willing to bet he'll be be at the all-in pay-per-view coming up later this year. Um, And don't forget, he is currently touring with Fozzie. I don't know if that goes into June or not. And then he's got his cruise coming up this summer, which, what, would have to be in July at least? Yep. So God, I wish we could go to that. I do too. The way I look at it, wherever wherever there's money, Chris Jericho will follow. 
he the problem with that cruise is everybody who bought tickets are people like us, and they host podcasts. So the entire crew is going to be full of people who sit in their rooms and record podcasts all weekend. That's why they, can, they can do that. And you that's and that's pretty much what I imagine. You and I will go out and mingle with the guys and the wrestlers <laughs> and the rock stars and the comedians, and we'll get <laughs> interviews while they're podcasting. Right. <laughs> uh, God, that would be one hell of a fucking experience. I thought about it, too, when, when tax time started to ramp it up. I looked into it, and it was just not not feasible no because not only granted got... everything's included except for alcohol but still yeah but you got to pay for the cruise but then you also have to pay to get to the port and then return from the port so if you're not if you're not living around there and we're stuck in the middle of minnesota that's a lot of money just to get to the cruise itself and come back from the cruise itself on top of right that. so it's but this just info Later this year, you can catch us on the Beef Sticks at Sea. Yes, that's right. We're hosting our own cruise up on the North Shore, Minnesota, Lake Superior. We should do that. That'd be sweet. That would be cool. That would be very fun. I'd be down for it. We'll just, we'll just, we'll get a pontoon. <laughs> <laughs> just go out on a That'll pontoon with a case of beer. <laughs> Ah, that would be something, all right. Spaces <laughs> are limited. Get your tickets while they last. Tickets start at five thousand dollars a piece and cannot be sold in pairs. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, do we want to get into the well, folks? Boys and Girls Club of America will induct nine new club alumni into their Hall of Fame during a ceremony this week, including Hulk Hogan. You know how he always supports those inner city boys and girls. Yes, he The does. ceremony, which will honor alumni who have gone on for their Boys and Girls Club to make contributions in their professions, is slated to be hosted by Courtney B. Vance. Justin Barrasso of Sports Illustrated recently conducted an interview with Hogan about the honor. During the interview, he gave high praise to WWE champion AJ Styles, who's slated to defend his title against Shinsuke Nutsack Nakamura in a no-DQ match at this Sunday's Backlash pay-per-view event that takes place in Newark, New Jersey at the Prudential Center. There will be no nutshots here. This center is full of prudes. Yes! Yes! AJ turned out to be one heck of a performer, one of the best in the world, Hogan. Beyond that, he is just such a good person. and would never be caught dead saying racist things in a sex tape. That's what Hogan said. That is what, what AJ Hogan does said. in the ring is phenomenal, and that's why we call him the phenomenal one. But when he's outside, he's even more phenomenal. It's so cool to see how he takes care of his family and loves his kids and doesn't say racial things in sex tapes. If people saw him outside of when he wrestles, they'd even have more admiration for him. So yeah, Hulk is saying some nice things about AJ Styles as he gets inducted into a Hall of Fame that will accept him. Well, and you know, Hogan has actually been a devote AJ Styles guy from at least his his first time in TNA. Hogan's, I should say, yeah. not AJ's. Because when Hogan first came in there, 
he pointed at AJ Styles and Kurt Angle as the reasons why Impact Wrestling was the future. I mean, it wasn't the future, but he touted AJ as one of the guys, one of the main guys. He wanted to highlight AJ as one of the main guys. Um, he made a very bad move by turning AJ heel, but he wanted to do that because he was trying to push AJ in the steps of the Hulk Hogan character, who had always been a face right. and turned heel, and it was huge. And as we've seen, AJ as a heel is good. We've seen it in, in New Japan, and we've seen it in WWE. The problem was TNA at the time made AJ just a Ric Flair clone, and that is not the type of heel that an AJ Styles right. works with. He's just not that guy. Right. Bobby Roode might be able to pull it off, not AJ Styles. Exactly. Exactly. But that's good. I'm, I'm glad to see Hogan get respect uh, for, for whatever negatives and, and bad stuff you can say about him. There's probably just as many positives and good things that he's done over the years. So, cool. Very cool. And that is a great Speaking of AJ Styles and Bobby Roode, and you know how I hate to de- derail the show by any means, uh, but uh, have you got yourself up on Ride Along on the WWE Network for $9.99? Um, probably not since, what was it? I think maybe last month I checked on it or two months ago, but otherwise, no. Well, did you see it? Did you see the Ride Along I with Bobby Roode s- and AJ Styles? No, sir. I did not see that one yet. It was a good one. It was a good one. If you watch it, you find out that neither uh, Bobby Roode or AJ Styles has a good Ric Flair woo. You They're know who does have a good Ric Flair woo, don't you? Yeah. Jay Ric Flair Lethal. And Jay Lethal. That's what I was going to say. Woo! Woo! You know what? Man, their woo battle was fantastic. I wonder if uh, I wonder if Conrad Thompson ever gives the woo while he's fucking Ric Flair's daughter. You think she ever looks at him and says, Give me the woo, baby, give me the woo. <laughs> oh, That's fucking terrible. I wish Conrad was smart. Oh, he would love it. <laughs> give me the woo. But I mean, to be fair to AJ Styles and Bobby Roode, Charlotte Flair doesn't have a good woo either, so. No, she doesn't. She doesn't have a good woo or a good No, it's. I do got I do got another thing that actually I, I think is going to be awesome, and I'm just going to read I'm going to read the uh, the synopsis that was put out by Showtime. This is about a documentary coming up that I am super excited for, and we will share the trailer on the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Beefsticks Podcast. Beefsticks Podcast. And it says, prolific combat sports broadcaster Mauro Ronaldo and his lifelong battle mental illness are the subject of a new documentary film for Showtime Sports. Bipolar Rock and Roller. Named for the moniker, Ronaldo gave himself as a broadcast personality and DJ in the early 90s. This will <laughs> premiere on Showtime during Mental Health Awareness Month, which is perfect, on Friday, May 25th at 9pm Eastern and Pacific Time. The film explores Ronaldo's career, including his work on the two biggest pay-per-view events in television history and his relentless pursuit of a childhood dream, despite seemingly insurmountable odds. Through this deeply personal portrait, Ronaldo hopes that the film might inspire others to persevere in pursuing their dreams despite the challenge of a mental health condition. And Ronaldo also responded with the following comments. He said, I have always tried to do my part to bring awareness to mental health issues. 
Over the last several years, I allowed my best friend to film me at my lowest points as well as at my highest. The idea is simply to show others who suffer that they are not alone and that even when the outlook is bleak, you can overcome and achieve success. Mental illness is a lifelong sentence. There is no cure, but it doesn't have to be a death sentence. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely watching this. Yeah, that does sound like it should be some good stuff. Uh, I, I still um, have to go and watch the the Andre the Giant documentary while we still have HBO Go. I have not watched that one yet. I do want to watch it. I am going to watch it. Just like a lot of documentaries that aren't made by the person. So, um, uh, Maro's might be different. But I have heard from a lot of people that the Andre the Giant one is about 20% facts and real and about 80% bullshit and lies. But that's what you get when you got other people right now. So the man was a living myth. I mean... Yeah. It, I think it's worth the watch. And even when you write your own autobiography, there's a lot of lies because you're going to embellish shit. Right. I, fuck, I would. Yeah. So, uh, but I do want to watch it. it. It should be very good. I've heard I've heard positive things about it, but like I said, I've heard that it, it is a lot of uh, bullshit. But that's okay. Andre was full of bullshit. Andre was full of bullshit. All this gentle giant shit that people say. He could be a gentle giant, but from stories that you hear also, right. he could be a ruthless son of a bitch who didn't give a fuck. So, no, should be a good one. Maybe if you and I can both watch it uh, sometime together, we can give a, a short little review on it or maybe just uh, put out an extra, like a 20-minute review on it or something like that. That'd be nice. Yeah, we can do that. Might be able to get around to that this week even. That could be nice. Oh, Wouldn't it be nice? Do you know any other uh, good news, or do we want to bust into the quote-unquote greatest rumble? I think we can. We can do more I news, think or we, we can, can get into the greatest rumble. <laughs> All right. So, as is typical with, you know, house shows, the Greatest Royal Rumble started off with a couple nobodies curtain jerking. So we just seen right. a regular one-on-one who, who are these match. Fucking between, tools. Uh, yeah, somebody with, with the bland name of John Cena, and then somebody who, I don't know if it's an indie name or what, it, Triple H. I don't know if it's that. To me, I think it's supposed to be a take on the Triple, old Husky. Triple H? Is that what he was called? I thought it was. I thought his name was. <sighs> oh yeah, I think I took it as a play on the old Husky Harris gimmick that Bray Wyatt had, and I thought it was just like a hunky Husky Harris because he has the the, the sweaty hair, <laughs> but he had more of a ripped body. So I thought it stood for. I'm pretty sure it's hunky Husky Harris. Um, pretty sure what that is. So you know, I don't know if there's much to say about that. Uh, one thing I will say. It seemed like, and this is for a lot of the show, but I noticed it right off the bat. It seemed like the crowd wasn't really into it. I heard a lot of stuff on audio, but I didn't see much. And I don't know if part of that is because they said like the first, I don't know, 10 or 20 sections were all dedicated to the royal or the kingdom or the royal families or whatever. 
So they kind of were. Oh yeah, yeah. No, you could if you saw it pull out. If you saw them pull the camera out, there was like a huge empty space around like everybody ringside. I almost think the whole the whole ringside audience, everybody who wasn't in the stand, was uh, affiliated with the royal family. Yeah, but even when like I was seeing like wide shots and I was looking in the balconies and stuff like that. When I heard a lot of stuff, I didn't see fans really being animated or anything. So I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was piped in audio. I haven't heard from uh, anybody who was there whether it sounded as as big as it was. But it just, I think it killed it by having the the, the royal families be up front because they, they just weren't selling, at all, or they weren't reacting. Right, right. Yeah, they're just there to show face. They probably don't even know what wrestling is, you know. Yeah, they just knew they paid for it, so they wanted the best fucking seats in the house. And don't get me wrong, I guess <laughs> right, they deserve right. it. Right. Um, you deserve it. Why didn't they get that chance? <laughs> Another thing Everybody I wanted, else fucking does. Right? Another thing I wanted to point out, and then I'll let you mark some stuff that you were excited about. Ooh, excuse me, about or not. Cole being his, uh, his coolest today. Oh my gosh, he was just... He was either off or completely on his coal that night because he was just dropping shit left and right. But on this one, he said that Cena won his world championship from Triple H at WrestleMania. I think it was what WrestleMania 24 or something or 27. Um, Cole, no, he didn't. The only time that John Cena wrestled Triple H at WrestleMania was when Cena came in as champion. So he retained his title against Triple H. Didn't win it. Not a big deal, but he was just really fucking up, and I wanted to point out some of the shit he was doing. He did a big one later on that we're definitely going to get to. <laughs> oh, What do you have to say about this match, Paste? It was solid. I mean, we had both pegged Triple H to win when we were thinking it was a pay-per-view. But then partway through the match, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's a house show. Cena's got to go over it. It's like Hulk Hogan, you know what I mean? Paul yeah. Hogan's in your hometown. It's not really a televised event. He's going to win. So, <clears throat> I mean, it, does, it was a not a bad match. Uh, I heard him call spots a couple of times, but you would expect that from John Cena and Triple H. Yeah, exactly. That's par for the course for either one of them. Um, I, I do think I kind of recall some kind of a botched move that just looked horrible, but I can't put my finger on it i don't remember offhand but there were quite a few botches i didn't write down a lot of the botches there was obviously two major ones and we 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 underlined the, the first one right at the show open <laughs> um, right i did think yeah i thought this was a completely down the middle match neither one did anything amazing or great but it's two of the biggest stars and they came out and gave you a serviceable match what more do you want? Yeah, to show? open the show. And to me, that, that that basically says they don't have an ego in this, you know? And that's good. That's I think that's a really good sign, especially since right after this match was the Cruiserweight Championship match. So for the first time in a long time, Cruiserweights are not on the pre-show or the first match on the event. Was there a pre-show for this? Do you know? There was a pre-show. I didn't get to catch it because <clears throat> WWE does this weird thing where when they're airing a live event... Unless you catch the pre-show live, you aren't going to watch it until the next day or so. I didn't even see anything about a pre-show. I had the same issue results about it. with WrestleMania. The one thing I did, though, I was um, I started out about a half hour behind 
because I had it in my head that it started at noon America time, and I forgot that there's four different America time. Well, three, I guess, but... <laughs> well, yeah, four if you're doing it live. There's four different America times, and it was, you know, noon 11 central, and we're central time zone. So I tuned in about a half hour late, but I did uh, skip through some, some BS in between matches, so I caught up to live partway through. And again, well, there you go. You I had, started about two hours late, so yeah. And then you had John Cena afterwards, kind of be the ambassador and talk about how great it is to be there and how amazing everybody is. And you don't want Triple H doing that in character. He can do that at all the right. press conferences and shit, but you're not gonna have Triple H do that in character. So you almost had to have Cena win. Like you said, we went into this. We, I think, all of our predictions because we did shitty on predictions, but we were predicting it as a pay per view, and it is a house show. Let's book it in WWE land, though. <laughs> Triple H goes over, he wins, turns heel on the crowd, plays his new theme music, the Bow Down to the King theme music that was not allowed to be played. <laughs> he came out to as the game theme. Yeah. Plays that, calls him out, says he's a wrestling god, and all these dirty people need to go home, back to where they belong. This is his place now. That have been terrible. But WWE would have done it 15 years ago. They would have. Uh, the next one was the WWE Cruiserweight Championship match, like you mentioned. And Cedric Alexander went over Kalisto. This one was a way better match than I expected. This was a very, very good yeah. uh, Cruiserweight 205 Live whatever match. The the one, I mean, it... I can't just go over everything they did because it was really awesome, but I did think it was kind of cool. Kalisto performed a springboard Spanish fly from the top rope onto uh, Cedric Alexander. That was pretty damn cool. Hell yeah. I have noticed they're throwing the Spanish fly around a lot. I forgot after our last... What was the last one we had? Oh, um, it wasn't us. The um, TNA... The TNA pay-per-view that I went over. I forgot to mention that there was three Spanish flies on that TNA Redemption pay-per-view that I watched. Because I, I had made a note in that in my head that there was just a ton of Spanish flies. And I know we had the Lucha Underground guys and a lot of it came from them. But what's up with the Spanish fly all of a sudden becoming a big hot thing? Is this the new uh, DDT or the new, you know, plancha? Canadian or Destroyer. Well, Canadian Destroyer still isn't used a lot. I mean, I'm wondering, is this the new big thing that's just going to be used all the time? Moonsault. This is going to be the new Moonsault. You know, we're going to have Ginger Mahal start busting out Spanish flies and shit. Let's do it. I'd love to see that happen. I want to see Brock Lesnar try one. I thought it'd be so awesome if fucking Brock would have done a... Uh, I thought for a second when he was climbing, I didn't really think he'd do it, but I was yep. like, God damn, if he does a shooting star press off the off top, the top of, of the cage, cage. I'm going to fucking I pop. thought the same fucking thing. Because <laughs> he was climbing, and he was climbing slow, and they're like, oh, he looks a little hesitant, and I was like, damn, he's trying to gauge it. He's trying to fucking make sure he's in position. But then it wasn't, so it was all for not, but... Maybe it was supposed to be, but he couldn't get it right in his head. Well, hey, if, if that was the case, I am 100% for that. If you're not right on a big move like that, fucking call an audible and scratch it. Yeah. Don't put yep. yourself and your opponent at risk by doing something you're not comfortable with. That'd be cool, though, in a series of matches where people 
And I don't think people are even complaining about it anymore, but people just note that it's the same four moves over and over again for these matches. Why not pull that one back out of the books, you know? Just one time. Just one time. That'd be and, sweet. And for the record, Just basically, one time. And then, and then Roman Reigns has to come back with a new move the next time. No, he doesn't. He doesn't ever have to come up with a new move. <laughs> yes. Uh, and, you know, people always give him so much shit. And I, I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. People give Brock so much shit for that for that um, shooting star press at WrestleMania against Angle. The motherfucker was hitting it in house shows beautifully for, for over a month before that. I mean, he was right. just nailing it at house shows all the time. And it's just that one night at WrestleMania... He botched it, and that's what he's always going to be remembered for. Nobody's going to remember the 20 times he did it in house shows before that. <laughs> uh, what do you got to say about this? Do you got any candid memories or thoughts, or did, did it all go through like a blur of just awesomeness? It was a blur of awesomeness. I think that's the best way to define this match. It was very fast-paced and just all the way through. It was good. It was, it was good. I was glad to see them not starting the pay-per-view and not on the pre-show. And, uh, yeah, it's not a, not a fucking pay-per-view. And I got to keep putting that into my head because it felt like it was supposed to be one. But for what it was, it was damn good. I also... I just wanted to say something. Oh! Okay. I also just want to say that I've been vocal about not being the biggest Cedric Alexander fan. This is probably my favorite Cedric Alexander match I have ever seen. So way to go. He can, he can win me yet. I'm never 100% sold on anybody. Ever. You can always win me over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Next we had the WWE Raw Tag Team Championships. And these were vacant, folks. Vacant. Nobody had them. And there was a uh, tag team eliminator for to see which two teams would be here. I still I love the name of that. It's the same bullshit they pull all the time. They just change it to eliminator, and for some reason I actually loved it. So we got the. It was deli- more broken, wasn't it? Doesn't it feel broken to you? Like <laughs> I, I, I it felt a little more woken. You will be deleted. <laughs> the the, the tag team apocalypto. God, they, who, I think it was Cole or something, somebody mentioned, uh, like, Tag Team Apocalypto or something at one point. I don't know if it was during this match or it was a different one of their matches, but somebody dropped that. And I was like, hey. It was probably Graves. Graves is the, the one who actually knows about it and yeah. cares about it. Yeah, so I um, I thought that was cool. And hey, if the Hardys own it, they might as well use it. So we got the newly named Deleter. It, from what I understand, the way at least they've said it, is deleter of worlds. They don't pluralize yes. the deleters. So I'm thinking that means that they're one entity, a yin and a yang, a light and a dark, a good and an evil. They're one being in two separate yes. vessels. I, I kind of like that. And they won the championships by defeating Dabar. Uh, this was a solid match. Yes, they did. The only thing I have to say is I do not like the Matt Hardy Bray Wyatt finisher. It looks it was Go ahead. stupid. <laughs> Bray Wyatt picks up the legs in like a wheelbarrow fashion. Matt hits him with the twist of fate, and Bray just kind of lets go of the legs. Bray has nothing to do with this finisher. 
It's dumb. And they could have done so much better with it. Like, at least throw his legs down or, or, or like we were discussing earlier, if Bray starts it in like a Sister Abigail and when he's flipped over, Matt catches it in a twist of fate so they'd be doing like a double corkscrew on the way to the ground. That would be dope. Yeah. Just but whatever as, this is needs to go away. Just as we were talking, I thought <laughs> of something that's equally ridiculous, but at least puts something that's Bray's gimmick in there. What if Bray did the 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 crab walk or the backwards, whatever you call that? I call it a crab walk. I don't know. What if he did that right behind an opponent, and then Matt Hardy went for the side effect, and the guy tripped over Bray in his crab walk, and Matt Hardy hit the side effect. So he... It's kind of a high-low, the, the classic high-low, except the low is just Bray sitting in his crab walk position, but trips him. Right. <laughs> I mean, again... Or even groggy opponent, Bray goes into his crab walk, guy gets startled, jumps to his feet, Matt hits him with the with the twist of fate. Right. Or side effect. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but... Whatever they did cannot happen again. Yeah, they need to And they're it. lucky that this is a house show. <laughs> they, didn't, they need to change it. Like we were talking beforehand, and to me, it just looks like it looks like it hurts less because the guy's already lower in gravity, so he's not falling from as hard. But it also looks right. like the danger in real life is increased to maybe injure your opponent if Bray doesn't hold him correctly, or slips, or gets weak, or wobbly, holds so, on for too long. Yeah, so yeah. it kind of does the opposite of what you normally want to do in pro wrestling, which is make something look really painful, but be as unpainful as possible or as safe as possible. It's it's basically the inverse of that. Oh, you know, I haven't been keeping track with our points, but anyways, our first one, neither one of us got points. The second one, the cruiserweight, you and I both went Cedric Alexander. This one, you and I both went Deletra of World. Z. Got nowhere to put the S. So right now, Pasty and I are tied. <laughs> Up next, we got the United States Championship match. This is Jeff Hardy coming in as champion, and he retained his title against Jinder Mahal, which could be a, a surprise, being as he's a Middle Easterner over in the Middle East. Yeah, I know Jinder was my pony I picked. I, I know I was going against my gut and going with kind of just what I, I thought. Yeah, but you could see it. I, I was wrong. Everybody could see it. Yeah. It would make sense. Yeah, and I mean, if you're going to get him over, get him over here, get him over now. They didn't do that. <laughs> no, and he actually got a lot of booze. It was surprising. Jeff Hardy yeah. got a pop. Jinder Mahal got a booze. Um, if we get a chance to get into Raw, we'll also talk about how he got booed in Canada, his other hometown. So this guy can't get over anywhere. <laughs> it's fucking rough being Jinder. This match was okay. One of Jinder's better matches a little bit, but nothing to be great. The one thing is, is if if Titus hadn't slipped, everybody would be talking about the botch on this match. Jeff Hardy went up top to hit his whisper in the wind. He completely missed Jinder Mahal, and it looked like Mahal was out of position. Mahal looked like he was a little camera left, or a lot camera left instead of center. Jeff Hardy didn't even touch him. Jeff Hardy hits the ground. Jeff Hardy bounces. Mahal looks down, sees Jeff, and then Mahal jumps up and falls as if he was just hit by a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> it is so horribly timed and so dead center on camera. It's like if they even shot it from a different angle, they could maybe make it look okay. 
But it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. <laughs> well, maybe maybe the uh, maybe the Titus O'Neil thing was a work. Just to cover this up. <laughs> yeah, right? Maybe it was. Just to get somebody talking about something else. Who knows? Who knows? It was a, it was a pretty okay match, though. I'll give it credit where credit's due. Jeff Hardy's always fun to watch in the ring, especially when he's not stuck in a tag team with nothing interesting going on. I just pulled it up here, and there was a pre-show, and the pre-show consisted of Bobby Roode defending his his U.S. title against Baron Corbin. Oh, no, against... Oh! Wait wait a second. Oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Um, Yeah, defending it against... Wait a second. Oh no! Wait a second. This this is telling it. This must not have been from. No, this was before the the thing. So it was telling us there was going to be an open challenge issue and two tag team match. I'll keep looking. I'll keep talking down the stuff and keep searching. That was that was <laughs> what was a, supposed to be the pre-show. So maybe it was. Spoiler alert, pasty. There's a lot of two five live guys on it, so they still made the pre-show. <laughs> of course. Oh, next up we had the Intercontinental Championship ladder match. In my opinion, by far the match of the night. I mean, ladder. I, I I'm a mark for ladder matches, and nine times out of ten, I give ladder matches the match of the night. But a oh, lot yeah. of times they earn it, and this one, these four guys. Holy shit! This was a really, really good ladder match. It wasn't as good as the. NXT ladder match we just seen recently for the brand new North American Championship was not that good, but this one was awesome. Again, I'm not going to go spot by spot, but I want to say, in my opinion, Joe was kind of leading the pack on on using the ladder and looking the best throughout the whole match. But Balor was definitely what I call the sacrificial lamb. He was just tore up. He was welted and bruised before, you know, halfway through the match. There was at one point where Samoa Joe was setting up a ladder. Second best welts on this event. Second, I know, right? <laughs> we have to get into that too. Um, Joe was setting up a ladder in the corner for the typical throw your opponent into the ladder spot. For some reason, he was having a hard time getting this ladder to stand up. He finally looked like he just got it to stand up. Walked over to Finn Balor, who's in the opposite corner, grabbed Finn Balor, turned around and looked. The fucking ladder had fell down again. So Joe drags Finn Balor over to the ladder and gives him a pretty stiff scoop slam, like half on the ladder. So it's like half his back hit it and the other half didn't. So it didn't even disperse Mm -hmm. the pain. Oh, that looked painful and all because he couldn't get the ladder to stand up. (laughs) (sighs) Sometimes you gotta improvise. Yeah, you can only re you can only correct the spot so many times before it looks overly scripted. You have any other great memories? Yeah, it was a good match. This? I I always enjoy a ladder match. It was uh it was tasty. It was a little shorter than I expected, but on a on a card like this, I guess it would have had to have been. Yeah, when you have a hour plus rumble coming up and you can't take too much time out. Right. And we, we knew going into this, these four guys, we knew could put on an amazing ladder match. There's a slim chance they'd fuck it up, but these four guys, shit, solid workhorses. 
Oh, and I, I should talk about the finish. I loved this finish because it threw all the stereotypical rules of ladder matches out. The very end. It made me so angry. I loved it. I just fucking loved it. It's the very end. I liked how angry down. I was. Finn Balor, he gets to the ladder, and in typical ladder match fashion, he slowly climbs up one rung for every 30 seconds. You know, ooh, ooh. he gets to the very top. And Seth Rollins springboards off the ropes onto the ladder, runs up the fucking ladder like any sane <laughs> motherfucker would do, and instead of and doesn't typical, fumble with the thing for five minutes. Yeah, instead of the typical where there's two people on top of the ladder, so they decide to punch each other in the face, he just starts ripping the belt off while Finn is hitting him. It's like for you could almost believe that this wasn't even scripted, and Seth is like, "Fuck it, I'm winning it. I don't want to lose the title. I want to keep it. What are they gonna do?" Because he just ran up there and just took the title down. You never see that. Normally, you cl- you climb up slowly, and if two people are at the top of the ladder, it's an unwritten rule that they have to punch each other. Neither one can actually go for the belt. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It was good shit, and it was very different from what we usually get. And Wiley Seth Rollins pulled it out again. No, I could definitely see him like, I'm not going to be the only champion to lose my belt at a house show. So what pissed you off about it? What got you angry about it? Well, just the fact that he flew up the ladder, and that's against all ladder logic in wrestling matches. against the rules. (laughs) Yeah, you can't do that. Especially, you just came from outside the ring. Like, you'd be, you know... (laughs) Definitely broke kayfabe. Definitely broke kayfabe. Yeah. (laughs) I will say... But it was good. Yeah, neither one of us picked Rollins. You picked Balor. I picked Samoa Joe. And we said last week when we made these predictions, the safe money's on Seth Rollins, and you and I both picked Dark Horses. So it makes sense Mm -hmm. that neither one of us won. It would have been cool if either of them won. It would have been something different. It would have been a shake-up. Again, we were booking for a pay-per-view, not a... And this could have happened at a pay-per-view. I could easily have seen this at a pay-per-view, too. I'm not using that as an excuse. But we all knew the safe money was on Rollins, and he won. Safe money wins Mm -hmm. money. It was about this point in the pay-per-view, too, where I started questioning, what the fuck? Weren't JR and Jerry Lawler supposed to call this whole event? I forgot to bring that up. I forgot to bring that up, that they they? were on the pre-show... And then just on the Greatest Royal Rumble. They were not... They didn't uh, call the Greatest Royal Rumble. They, they just... It was the casket match, wasn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. The casket match is what they did. Yeah, because they were... WWE was originally selling it as them two doing the whole show. Then a thing on the on the list of banned things was... Like, Triple H couldn't use his Bow Down to king. the King music. Yep, because they live in a King. Jerry, Jerry Lawler referred to himself as Jerry the King Lawler and wore his crown... So how does that work? I think because he didn't wear a, 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 a turban crown like the guys outside were wearing, maybe. <laughs> like, he was he was obviously a British king. That Memphis man was obviously a British king. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I didn't think about that. I When he wasn't able to use uh, Bow Down to the King, the first thing I thought, maybe it's because it says Bow Down. Do you think that could be it? Because I don't know, because I, I, I didn't read the whole list of rules, but I did hear that like they couldn't use the term the king. Well, so... I'm wondering if because there's such a strict um, 
religious nation and their laws are based off of religion, maybe because it says bow down to the king. Maybe that's why he couldn't use it. Maybe yeah, the king I, I guess I can see that. Or, or for the fact that they were they they're very nostalgic about their wrestling. Like the Saudi Sports Authority had asked for the Ultimate Warrior and Yokozuna, and we'll Why get into this a little bit later. Into our controversy well. before we get to it, <laughs> because this is poignant right now. They probably asked for King and Jr. as well, and because he's such a known figure as the king, they they felt like it wasn't you know it was worth it to have that there. Maybe. But not for the whole event like was advertised. But isn't, I don't know, even if you're nostalgic, Triple H is bigger than J.R. Jerry the King Lawler. I guess to me. Yeah. And, and, during, and his during theme the time song, of the game, the game, his theme song is way more iconic Triple H than bow down to the, bow down to the king. Yeah. I don't like that song so much. Yeah, because King and, <laughs> and J.R. weren't like, prominent figures during the early 90s. Um, JR was doing a lot of WCW work then. And the King was doing more... Uh, I mean, they didn't get prominent till the mid-90s. King was... I don't even know if he was at WWE during that time. And if he was, he was kind of a more of a... Um, oh, what am I trying to say? A non-wrestler uh, a figure. I can't think of what I'm trying to say now, but yeah. Right. I don't know. Right. Uh, it is like weird. A- yeah. I I didn't think about it when when you mentioned he was allowed to be Jerry the King Lawler. I never did put two and two together. Yeah, I, I, I had just imagined him being Jerry Lawler without the crown, and then they brought him up on the screen and they announced Jerry the King Lawler. I'm like, whoa, okay, yeah, let's let that ride then. Interesting. I wonder if something <laughs> comes out on that uh, coming up in the days following. Thanks for pointing that out, Pasty. I like when you pick things up that I just gloss right over. <laughs> I try. I try. Next, we had a really cool segment where some Saudi Arabians who were at a WWE tryout for the week prior, which, by the way, is why um, Heavy Machinery's... um, I'm spacing on his name. Anyways, the guy from Heavy Machinery, if everybody's wondering why one of them were on there and not the other... Because he actually came as one of the guys who was helping to to get these tryout guys going and was wrestling with them. They came down to the ring, introduced themselves, talked about the dream, you know, and, and all of that. It was really cool. And then the Davari brothers came out. And I shit you not. Brothers, folks. The brothers. Michael Cole. Was it Michael Cole? Michael Cole said, it's Arya Davari. And his brother, Davari! And I'm like, oh my god, just say Sean Davari. <laughs> when you have two Davaris, you can't say it's Arya Davari and Davari. <laughs> say it's Arya Davari and Sean Davari. God, Cole was just not on today. He just wasn't. Yeah, no, Cole. <laughs> it's Arya Davari and Davari! Wait a second, is he stuttering? <laughs> they came out, they're, they're Iranian. And um, uh, Iran and Saudi Arabia, big, long-time no-no at war, uh, government-wise, military-wise, religious-wise, just not not good. So this was awesome heat. This was Sergeant Slaughter brings the Iraqi flag to Hulk Hogan heat. So it was great. That was awesome. They came out there, confronted these four young men. One guy... 
Pasty mentioned it to me, and he was the standout to me also, so we were on the same page. There was this guy, long hair, could just really talk, just really owned the ring like you wanted to look at him. You felt like he was a leader. Yeah. Later on, when I was looking into he some of this look, shit. He has the look. He's got mic skills. Yeah. and He's and going hopefully, as hopefully far as a guy with his stature can go, which is probably straight to 205 Live. And I found out in research that this kid is only 17 years old, pasty. So he isn't even close to Holy his prime. Shit. He's just a youngin' yet. He's a child. So, yeah, I hope he does have a bright future, even if it's not in WWE. I hope he gets out there and makes a name for himself, hit up the European circuit, hit up New Japan. I mean, go where you, wherever you can go. Germany has a, has a bright wrestling community there. Go where you can go. He's definitely much smaller than the other two guys that they're bringing in, but stood far taller than them in in his in-ring ability that we got to see. And his look, he kind of just stood out, I thought. He Yeah. No, he's got that he's got that WWE look to him. He's got intensity in his eyes and he knows how to control a microphone and He kind of reminded... the, the stare down he did with Arya Davari was pretty great. Yeah, and he kind like of he was the one of the three to step up and get in his face from um from not only a physical but the way he talked, and then now finding out how young he is, he kind of reminded me of of Drew Galloway when he first started out in WWE. Like he really kind of reminded me of that. He had the look, and he had the charisma, and 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 he's young. Come to find out, he's he's a lot younger than Drew. Well, Drew Galloway was what maybe only twenty one when he came in. I think so, yeah. 2021? He was a youngin' when he first came in. Yeah. This was, this was a good segment. I liked it. We'll get into the fallout of this later, because there was fallout of this more than I ever expected. But I thought it was a good segment. Hey, and it's awesome. I popped. This was my the biggest surprise. When I seen Arya Davari and then Sean Davari come out, I mean... Hometown guys, I haven't seen a lot of people on the internet talk about how badass this was, but I guess from Minnesota, I just love these two guys, and awesome. Right. I popped for it. Mm-hmm. Getting Me back- too. Yeah. It was great. I actually, I hope I hope uh, Sean Davari sticks around for a little while, even if it's just to manage his brother. You I know like what I mean? Too. Just cause some trouble in 205 Live. Shake some shit up, you know? Yeah. He's got a lot to pass down knowledge-wise. Yeah. He's a good man. I, I prefer Arya over Sean, to be honest. But Yeah. Gotta, I can't yeah, but that's where Sean can just manage, and he doesn't have to fight, really. Pasty, you can't <laughs> allow me to have pens around me, because if there's a pen here, I'm going to click clicky. it. I know, and then I'm sure it's getting throw picked it. up on the mic. Throw it across I did. the room. I, just, I did just throw it, too, because it's like, I know it's getting picked up on the mic, but if there's a pen, I fucking have to click it. I don't even think about it. <laughs> I think about it when I'm setting it down and pushing it away from me, and then all of a sudden, at some point, I'm like, oh shit, I'm clicking a pen again. Like, I don't even remember picking it up. Hey, it's much healthier than my podcast, Tick. If there's a <laughs> cigarette, I have to smoke it, is basically me that the entire true. time we're recording. It's fucking awful. That is true. It is better than that. Moving on to <laughs> matches again. We see an AJ Styles take on Shinsuke Nakamura defending his WWE Championship. 
Um, first of all, let me say this match way, way, way better than their WrestleMania match. Fuck yeah. Um, not even the best match these two can have, but it was it was way better than their Mania match. But that's because the lines are divided now. Now we have a heel and a face and not two faces going against each other for stupid reasons. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. This did go to a double count out. A lot of people on the internet really fucking hate this. I, for one, even if this was a pay-per-view... I think this was the best way to end this match with neither one oh, yeah. getting a win. You push it out to, to another future match. It keeps the storyline going. And also, if you're looking at it as a house show, statistically and, and historically, I thought I'd turn fucking shit off. Um, sorry <laughs> about that. I thought I'd silenced my phone. Um, Historically and statistically, at house shows... 99% of the title matches end in some kind of schmaz finish. It's not a straight victory. There's something goofy, something weird. Because then you save the real victories for the aired TV shows and the pay-per-views and stuff. So, I mean, considering the match that we got, who the fuck cares how it ended? Right. And I do got to give a shout out to uh, my good friend, the Sala Monster from Sala Monster Sounds Off Podcast. He came up with the term that I am now always going to use for Shinsuke Nakamura. He even has a shirt out now. I recommend you go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Sala Monster Sounds Off. Pick it up. He calls him the Nutcrackamora. <laughs> and he's got a t-shirt with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in like Nutcracker fashion, like you're... Uh, Christmas time nutcracker. The nutcrackamora. Mm-hmm. I love it. Nutcrackamora. That's what I'm going to use. That is great. It is. And the thing is, yeah, people can be mad that this ended in a double countout, but it was a great match. It ended the way it should, just like you had stated. The thing is, we get to see it all over again this Sunday, guys. The pay per view backlash is this fucking Sunday, guys. I can't believe it. That's ridiculous. I'm excited. I'm happy about it. They gave us a one-week And if they're going to have, like... <laughs> a one-week if... build. That's it. <laughs> but it still, it feels like a good show. I think it's going to be a really good pay-per-view. I am excited. Plus, it's, uh... It, it's no DQ between Styles and Nakamura this time. I'm hoping AJ Styles wears a nut cup. Damn it, you... <laughs> Or does something, some kind of a weapon or, or something where Nakamura hurts himself or gets something on his hand or something when he goes for it. And, of course, AJ is going to be punching Nakamura's nuts into his guts in this match. That is what I was going for. The first thing I thought of was uh, Bret Hart Goldberg, if you remember back in WCW. <laughs> um, Bret Hart had, a, had a, a match against Goldberg. And Goldberg went in, and he was about to win, and he went and speared Bret Hart. And then Goldberg just dropped. And everybody's like, what, what, what? And Goldberg, or, uh, Bret Hart took his hockey jersey off, and he had a steel plate under the hockey jersey. All uh, um, Back to the Future 3. Remember Back to the Future 3? Yep. When he wore that steel plate? Yeah, yeah the bad one. poncho? Yeah, the bad one. <laughs> so that's the first thing I thought is, yeah, let, let AJ have like a solid, it's a solid steel nut cup. It weighs 500 pounds. <laughs> give him a steel nut cup and let Nakamura just go to town and Nakamura makes that face anyways so I would love to see him make a right. play on that face where at first it looks like he got him like we're seeing 
we're seeing AJ from the back, so we can't even see how AJ reacts to it. But you see Nakamura come up, and you see that face, and at very first you think he hits it. And then the face slowly changes to like, I broke my arm. And, <laughs> right. and Shinsuke's got the facials down. He can work you with just his face. <laughs> I think that would be awesome. You were right. I Man, we were, we're on the same page tonight because that is exactly what I was thinking. That was the scenario I went through in my head. And it's anything goes, so he can wear a nut cup. He can wear whatever the fuck he wants. Yo. No, this is gonna be this is if this is the blow off match for the whole feud, this is gonna be top fucking notch material. AJ's pissed. Nakamura's full on bad guy. Shades of Eddie Guerrero, I would say. Uh, it's gonna be a good one. And I do want to say, Shinsuke Nakamura is super smart. Because he just recently started doing this whole hit you in the nuts thing, right? Just fucking recently. Mm-hmm. And when you think about it, it was right about the same time, right about the same time that Paige took over for SmackDown Live. And Paige could easily just come out and say, Shinsuke Nakamura, the next match you have with AJ Styles is a regular match, but if you low blow him at any time, you will never get another shot again or you're out of SmackDown or you're suspended or fine. She could do that, right? But she can't. She can't do that, Pasty, because WWE will never let Paige say low blow. Ever. (laughs) (laughs) Nakamura fucking thought this ahead of time and he's like, God damn it. She'll never be able to ban this move. (laughs) And what he's doing is great. All I see, looking all over at boards and shit on Facebook and and in groups, people are bitching because he keeps hitting AJ Styles in the nuts. I know. Getting himself over as a heel. All the people that love him are getting sick of this shit, and it's working perfectly. And that's good. That's exactly what he wants. Yeah. Yeah. Shit, yeah. That's how you work. That's how you work. Most people don't got it. They got it. got it. AJ Styles is playing this to a fucking T, too. Like, oh, yes, he is. It, it's it's pretty goddamn perfect. Well, look at, look at AJ Styles coming out and talking about what's happening, which is completely unfair and is completely bullshit and all this. And then look at Roman Reigns coming out and talking about all the Brock Lesnar shit. AJ Styles comes out and confronts Shinsuke and, and makes his point. Where Reigns comes out, and maybe it's what's written for him, or maybe it's the way he presents it, but to me, Reigns comes out and whines and pouts. And AJ's not doing that. Yeah. So I think I agree with you. This is, I mean, half on AJ as well as the storyline is going. is because AJ is selling his end of it without bitching and pouting. Mm-hmm. Reigns comes off as the pouty heel, where AJ comes out as the conquering hero. It's, it's wrestling one on one, kids. Come on. The late great it's Sergeant so Slaughter would tell you about that. Oh, never mind. We'll get to that. <laughs> I'm fairly certain that on this Sunday we will get this as the main event because Brock Lesnar is not slated for this pay per view. He is not. We got stuff to talk about that too. I'm not as optimistic about this upcoming pay per view as you are, but I'm gonna watch it. And this match, I think it's it's more it's more matches that couldn't happen going forward beyond this pay per view because a lot of it is now SmackDown guys versus Raw guys. Although, like I said before, and I'll say it again, I would love if they had that format. We're at pay per views, 
anything can happen. You get your fantasy warfare because, you know, watching these shows for months on end, you're going to miss some of the interactions that could have been had that weren't, you know. I would, I would kind of yeah, no. give you that if it was only the big four or big five. I don't want it to be every. I mean, I already. still like the idea of of like a SmackDown guy being able to win the United States cha- or the Intercontinental Championship, and then all of a sudden there's a switch, where he goes to Raw and the old champion goes to SmackDown. That like, would be a good way to be able to shake things up and keep things interesting throughout the year, and then we don't gotta have superstar shakeups because it just happens as a natural passing, you know. I- I agree, but shouldn't that happen at one of the big four or five? It shouldn't happen at just any willy-nilly pay-per-view. I don't know. I still... I still as long as you can put a good feud to it. That's what are the they thing. Do, what are they going to do? What they at, need to get at is good feuds. What are they going to do at Survivor Series this year? Because Survivor Series is built on the only time once a year when you can see Raw versus SmackDown stars. Every fucking week we've seen Raw versus SmackDown stars this year. Before they even had the interbranded fucking pay-per-views. <laughs> so, what are they going to do for Survivor Series this year? They might as well just scratch it. Get rid of it. Make it a house show. If they build to a giant war, you know, if they use this and do what I the hope they do Smackdown. and have people bounce back and forth, yeah, it's take stupid. it to a war and it can come to its head at Survivor Series. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like Raw versus SmackDown. Why not a group of individuals that hate another group of individuals for an actual reason? do that then it can still be survivor series why not it can it should be all right we agree i don't know which one i want it to be a raw versus smackdown war games match though (sighs) (laughs) 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 yep i just added another 20 minutes onto this side track can we get an nxt 205 live teaming together against raw and smackdown in a war games match yeah. Or you could even do like SmackDown, NXT, Raw, 205 Live, since 205 Live's on Raw. Do something like that. Let's shake it up a little bit. Shake it up a little bit. Include women. <laughs> I don't like that we hate each other just for the brand when the very next day we love that next brand. You know what I mean? That just... Right. Like that. That'd be like... If Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman, who spent all of last summer trying to literally kill each other with various instruments, would be friends and tag in a match. It'd just be stupid. Oh, fuck, that happened too. Okay. On to the most confusing match of the night. The casket match. Not only did they change opponents twice for The Undertaker... But we don't even know why there was a casket match for either Rusev or Jericho in the first place. Nothing led to it. But we got it. Again, uh, in a house show, this would be normal. In a house show, they, they, they prod out random gimmicks. I think the only one they haven't prodded out is an Inferno match. So I get that. Everybody thought The Undertaker was going to win this one. The Undertaker won it. I don't, It was uh, not as much of a squash. It was far better than his match with Cena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say it's not not a complete squash match, but still not really much to it. I dug the fact that he threw English in the casket with Rusev. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. When Rusev hit the casket, I'm like, you can fit him in there. Just go, go ahead. <laughs> Got anything about this one, man? I really don't have much on this one. I don't. I don't have a lot to say other than the fact that Undertaker's looking better. Um, it was a long. 
longer match by far. Yep. Even if that by far is maybe another two minutes. It was it was longer. It was good. Rusev got some decent offense in for a minute. But it was a good showcasing of The Undertaker and hopefully a, a good vision of things to come soon uh, with with him. Hopefully he'll be back on through next year's WrestleMania and, and at Re- WrestleMania we'll have the Cena-Taker match we were supposed to have this year. You know, rumor and innuendo says that Undertaker is slated to wrestle multiple times this year, not just what he's already done. So, could be a... How great would that be if old-ass Undertaker wrestled more matches than Brock Lesnar in 2018? Undertaker, I was going to say Undertaker could win the Comeback of the Year award, and who would think in 2018 the Undertaker would win a Comeback of the Year award? But he, I think he could. Have you heard how much uh, uh, Lesnar's bringing in now? For I've, for pay per views and raw appearances, I've heard what's what's being told. Now that isn't official. One point five million for a pay per view, pay per view, and a hundred thousand for a raw appearance. That's what's being slated, and I don't deny that it's right around that. Jesus Christ! So now people can't bitch that he's not on TV that much anymore, can they? Because then it's just taking money right. away from hardworking wrestlers. Right, how expensive do you want those tickets to get really? <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I already look at WWE events when they come to town like, ah, maybe I can win on a radio show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can't pay that much money for your tickets. And I can't imagine, I can't imagine WWE's getting the return on that. Obviously, he's one of their biggest, biggest stars, and it is profitable to keep him. But can they actually is, be but... making that much money off of each pay-per-view he appears on? And can they make that much money I don't off think each so. Raw he appears on? I don't on? think he's putting any more asses in seats than there would be without him. I, I think he's putting... Yeah, I, I would disagree with that. I think there are people that are going to and, uh... and ordering pay-per-views to see Brock. To see Brock Lesnar. Without him there. But I don't think I think at this point much. people are... are... Losing touch with Brock Lesnar. It's the same fucking shit every match. I think, well... but Suplex, this, suplex. Like, Suplex City was cool for six months. This listen, is Pasty, fucking stupid. You're, what we're talking about is how much money is he bringing in that wouldn't be coming in without him. And the people that are buying it to see Brock Lesnar aren't getting sick of Brock Lesnar. It's the people that tune in every week that are getting sick of Brock Lesnar. The people that tune in only for the pay-per-views that he's on aren't getting sick of him. That's what they tune in for. They tune in to see him suplex guys five times and hit two F5s. So I do think he's bringing in money. I just don't think he's bringing in that much extra money. I don't think there's that many people willing to pay to just see that, is, is what I'm saying. No. I yeah. just think that that well, crowd is... kind of on the same page. Yeah. But yeah, I just... I don't know. I feel like, like I said, as time goes on, people are just going to get more detached from Brock, unless he can do something different. You know, we all got detached from John Cena for the he longest can. time to, until he started pulling new shit out of his bag. He wasn't four-move John anymore. Now he's big match John. Brock can do <sighs> I've said from the beginning, Brock is the new Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan could wrestle way more than he did. Vince McMahon tells him, go out there, do this, come to the back. That's what Vince is paying him this much money to do. That's what he's doing. And if you can do more, but you can get paid more by doing less and your boss is happy, why wouldn't you do that? Right. You can't blame Brock for that. We've seen Brock Lesnar. We know what Brock Lesnar can do. 
He's put on five-star matches in the past. He can chain wrestle. He can go off the top. He can last for hours. And Although, lately, he needs to work on his cardio. He gets winded pretty quickly, it looks like. But he, he is able to do that stuff. But that's not what Vince wants him to do at this point in time. That's on Vince. If you look pasty, just right above where it says casket match and then right below where the end of the Universal Championship is, if you highlight from that zero to the next zero, it looks like a giant cock and tiny balls. (laughs) Sorry, I'm just having fun here. (laughs) There's a little pee hole in the middle too, or a big pee hole actually. (laughs) I've just been... Highlighting shit, and I was like, wait a second. That's fucking cock and balls. Can't click a pen, gotta highlight shit on the, the fuck screen. fuck I am, too? I didn't notice that. I'm just... I got problems, pasty. Just sitting oh. over here clicking. Alright, are we on to the Universal <laughs> Championship match, then, I guess, since we're talking about... Yeah, Brock? I think that's a good enough segue for me. Perfect. So Brock Lesnar defended his championship... Against Roman Reigns, you and I and a good chunk of people, I think, all thought Roman Reigns was the guy to win this. He was not. He was. He but did. There's controversy, and it's it's more. It's not a controversy. Well, it is. Fact. It is controversy. No, it is controversy <laughs> because first of all, let me say this match was also better than than Brock and Roman at at WrestleMania. Would we agree? Yes. Yes. Awesome. I mean, they put a cage in, in. I mean, cage, as far as gimmick matches go, I think cage is at the bottom of my list. But it still, it gave a little bit of extra depth to that. If, to yeah, that if you're state. only doing, if both of you are only doing four moves, a cage match is better than a ladder match. If both of you are only doing four moves. Yeah. Um... So here, here's what I want to say. I'll first explain to everybody, because some people might not know what the finish was. Cage match. The announced rules, which which is what they said before the match, is anybody, you can win by pinfall submission or by exiting the cage and your feet hitting the floor first. What ended up happening at the end is Roman Reigns speared Brock Lesnar through a portion of the the cage, so that fence fell off. Brock Lesnar and Roman landed on a heap on that portion, portion of the cage, that fence. Roman rolled off afterwards, and Roman's feet did touch the technical ground first. Now, I just want to point a few things out, because I'm playing devil's advocate. I agree with you, Pasty. Let me say that first. But I'm going to play devil's advocate, because we have to. We have to be somewhat impartial here. we got to give sides of the stories. WWE is fluid in its rules, to, to say the least. Their rules yeah. can change <laughs> during a match. We've seen it. We've seen it recently. And often do. Yeah, very recently. Fuck, listen to the last six months of Beef Sticks material. You'll get probably six or seven occasions where this happened. During We've had Royal Rumbles where people have gone over the top rope, landed on their feet, and still were able to come in. Macho Man 92, I'm looking at you. We have had cage matches where people have exited the cage and have touched both hands on the floor and been awarded the winner without their feet touching the floor. 
So it's not ridiculous to say that they can decide what constitutes it. Now, the fact that they announced that it's two feet touching the floor. See, me, honestly, I don't think this was planned. I think this was an accident. I don't think they meant for this controversy. Just for the main fact that the commentators did not know how to sell this. So if it was planned, the commentators were not told in advance. Because they were fucking... I, they didn't seem to have any clue what was going on. Do you think that, Pasty? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was up with that. But... Roman's feet hit the floor first. At one point, they showed a replay showing Roman's feet hit the floor. And I think it was Cole again. Just straight up yeah, said, it was... you can clearly see Brock Lesnar's feet hit the floor first. <laughs> so that's why I'm thinking this was a botch. My guess is he was meant to spear Brock through the cage, and maybe Brock was supposed to roll over Roman and touch the ground or something. I'm not sure what happened. I'm not, I'm really not sure what happened. It's, and I don't, we may never know. They're obviously going to play this angle now that they have it. The only way I could see it is because the bottom of the cage stayed attached. If that was supposed to detach, oh, maybe then that's the only way I could think of Lesnar's feet hitting the floor before Roman's. Yeah, maybe that was supposed to be it. And by the way, I've seen people online say, you could see the nuts and bolts fly off of that cage. I seen zip ties fly no. off that fucking cage, right. folks. I seen zip right. ties in those slow motion replays. There was no nuts and bolts <laughs> coming off. That was a gimmicked cage right there. <laughs> nuts and bolts, my ass. Um, yeah, a lot of controversy, and rightfully so. By the the, if you're talking about strict rules in a sport, Roman Reigns won hands down, no question. It is. I mean, it isn't even questionable. WWE makes up their own rules, so where do we go from there? I don't know. Where do you go from there with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? Does it have to go to Hell in a Cell from there? I I don't want to see another gimmick match. My my guess would it would it would be a last man standing match. I don't think you do Hell in yeah. a Cell because that's basically a cage match. And Street Fight just doesn't seem big enough after everything they've had. So my guess is last man standing. Last man standing or unsanctioned. <laughs> right? Uh, I I don't know. I think we're all sick of seeing Brock and Roman, even if Roman's the one to just win the title. We just want it to end. I think this proves That's the that, only way it ends, though. I think this proves That's that Roman's thing. not <laughs> winning the title. I don't think there's any way after all of this. I think there's Seth rumblings that, that Braun Strowman is about to take over the the top guy's spot on Raw, and and Vince is giving up on Roman. He could be, but he's not going to win. But the I just I don't either. see it. It's Seth Rollins easily. Right. Seth Rollins is our next champion. I don't see any other way. I don't see who well, else. Somebody's got to get the IC off him first. Oh yeah, that's easy enough. And and not necessarily. Yeah, I suppose, wasn't he the United States champion and WWE champion at one point in his heel run? Yep. Yeah. So you could you could play that up again. That would know. be pretty cool. And then, and then what you do is later on down the line, Pasty, you have uh, Roman Reigns come up and say, hey, you know, I won the title from Brock Lesnar and they stole it from me. You have my title. He can still play the whiny bitch that, that Vince thinks is a, a babyface. 
And that sets up a program between Roman and Seth. Maybe Roman wins it from Seth. Maybe he doesn't. But there you have a built-in, a built-in feud right there. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think what's helped me to like Roman Reigns more is this, um, him him fighting against the odds. Even though he's a big guy, he, the odds are against him. He but, isn't. But you know what I mean? Like the him and Strowman, him and Brock. As as the Brock, it gets repetitive. I, I like the story they're kind of telling is he there because Reigns is or has a quote unquote top guy, but he can't make it all the way up there because there's people he can't beat. But I like he, that dynamic, and I don't think he has that dynamic at all with Seth Rollins. Seth right. can beat him, yes, but he can beat Seth. Daniel Bryan fought against the odds. He was legitimately one of the biggest stars who was not getting a break. CM Punk fought against the odds. He was def- legitimately one of the most over-competitors and was getting shit on, and even when he had a championship, never main-evented. Roman Reigns is a guy who has lost every fucking title match he's been giving and is still promoted as the top guy. How, in any way, are we as fans supposed to see him as overcoming odds? What odds has he ever faced? What odds has he faced? He got this rematch in a cage after legitimately losing fairly to Brock Lesnar. After he did everything else there was for him to really do on Raw. He had a good run where he wasn't going after the Universal Championship. He did, and that's where he belongs right now. I'm 100% with you. But they're trying to sell him as Daniel Bryan. And if if, if they don't go further with the Brock Reigns thing right now... I want to see them do it after Lesnar doesn't have a championship when they're both kind of on that playing ground where yeah. they just want to kill each other one more time. Right. I, I see Nothing's what you're on saying. the line. I do see what you're saying, and I know that's what WWE's <laughs> trying to do. I just think it's, it's going to go down. As much as people working. hate it right now, it's going to go down as a classic series. In WWE's book. In WWE's book, yeah. Yeah, it will. And... Uh, Yeah, I just, he's just not overcoming the odds. And you know, the worst part is, and you know, you, you've you been with me on Cloud Style Broadcasting and, and Beef Sticks Podcast this whole time. I became a Roman Reigns defender and was a Roman Reigns fan. And I was like, hey man, get him the U.S. title, get him, let him do this stuff. Oh, I'm proud. He's getting better on his promos and this and that. And now they've been, again, just, they've been pushing this angle of him being the underdog so hard that it's made me dislike him again. Because, again, he's just... They're get, they're making him the underdog, but he hasn't earned the underdog status. He hasn't been held back. He's just the guy that keeps trying. <laughs> he's he's uh, Heath Slater. He's Zack Ryder. He's, <laughs> I keep losing, but I'm just going to keep coming back. You're, you're not <laughs> endearing us in any way, you know? Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan could walk into a bar and not get any woman's number by the end of the night. Roman Reigns can walk down the street and women will throw their panties at him, just looking at him, not even knowing he's Roman Reigns. He's not the underdog. That's not the character for him. I mean, he's Well, just... give me any other wrestler, any other wrestler on the WWE roster who would defeat Brock Lesnar in their first match with Brock Lesnar. First, first any... match, Roman's had, yeah. what, five, six matches with him now? Yeah. Why, why does somebody have to beat him in their first match? 
Okay, first three. Who's going to beat him in their first three matches? Together? Oh, and by the way, Seth Rollins beat him in his first match at Mania. So, Rollins. <laughs> that doesn't that. fucking count. Roman right. did all the work, buddy. Seth Rollins cashed it in and then did an entire match before he before he pinned him. It wasn't like he came in and pinned him when he was down. He tried to, but he had to come back and wrestle and win the match. And he pinned Brock Lesnar, not Roman Reigns. Who else could do it? There's a ton of people that could come in and do it. Believably, Samoa Joe. I could. I mean, he's already had a match. I could see Samoa Joe beating him. Not a problem. AJ Styles, I could see beating him believably. Daniel Bryan, I could see beating him believably. Not on his first try. Or Daniel Bryan couldn't even do it in three tries. Especially with the way they're booking Bryan now. I don't think Bryan's ever going to be at the top again. The great Khali, if you're talking about <laughs> WWE booking, the great Khali could beat him in one match. <laughs> I mean, my point is, I'm not saying that Roman isn't trying I'm saying they're selling the wrong fucking product. Roman Reigns is not the underdog. He never will. He wasn't. I don't know. He came in in a group of three. The fact that Roman gets closer every time. But he came in in a group of three people. And Roman was the only one who had never fucking wrestled before going there. And he's the one that got shot to to the forefront. You can't tell me he's an underdog. He's just not. You have to sell him as so that, the unbeatable hero. So then how do you book Roman Reigns for the next year? He'll turn. I hate to sound like a broken record or like everybody else, <laughs> but you, you you book him as a heel who thinks, who sits there and says, I was screwed over. You book him as the Miz. Just take everything you've written for the Miz and give it to Roman Reigns, and it would transfer perfectly. Well, the Miz is on SmackDown now. Yeah, it would transfer perfectly. Roman could He could even pick up the Miz Mizdorage. He could. Or have the Usos Roman's be his Mizdorage. They could go to Raw. Raw needs tag teams. They're just not do. I don't know what they need to do, and they're not paying me to do that. But I know what they're doing obviously isn't working. Because he got booed in... Not only did he get booed in Saudi Arabia, and not only did he get booed in Canada, which is where they boo the faces and cheer the heels, which didn't happen. But he literally got Braun Strowman getting booze. That's bad. Braun Strowman's one of the most over people. And on Monday when he teamed with Reigns, they were booing when Strowman was doing moves. You could argue yeah. it's because it was well, against Sammy and Kevin, and that's probably part of it. But a big part of it was because they didn't want to see the Reigns team win. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see with Braun going forward. Uh, he's going to be the New Year's baby. He's going to come out in a diaper and shit. They're going to do the, what they did to Big Show done with, it with him. Big Show. Yeah, exactly. They've done it with Big Show. <sighs> we're getting um, we're getting way off topic, and we got a lot to cover yet. We are. I'm gonna God, yeah, we do. But it's good debate. Let's, let's, it's good. Let's, I love it when we debate yeah. because neither one of us is right or wrong. This is just how we right. feel or what we see. Um, we got to the greatest rumble. Braun Strowman won this match at 77 minutes, even if you believe somebody else who timed it, because I didn't. Fuck that. <laughs> Daniel Bryan came in at number one, and it was at that moment I said, I am not winning our fucking this <laughs> right. for this one. <laughs> A 50-man rumble. He still lasted longer know, than man. I thought. <laughs> right. No, I had the hope. I had the hope that maybe he could have that. He could be the one guy 
to enter in a number one in last 50 guys, and he came fucking close. You know what? About by, by number 25 entrant, I thought, shit, Daniel Bryan is going to win it, or at least had a good chance. But then when Braun came in at, like, number fucking 40 out of 50, it was like, yeah, not happening. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, Dolph Ziggler was second, and Dolph lasted a really long time too. Um, I'll put it out here that Daniel Bryan is now the longest Rumble contestant in history. But folks, you have to put it in perspective because Rey Mysterio was the longest in history in a thirty-man battle royal. Daniel Bryan came in at one and had theoretically twenty more people to just survive through. I didn't do the math to see what percentage-wise it is. But I'd, I'd give DB, I'd give him the longest participant in a rumble with an asterisk. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know that he overtakes Ramos. It's easy to get longer times than a fucking much longer match. Especially when 50% of the people are, more than 50% of the people are jobbers. Um, Pacey, I'm just going to knock off a few people that we, uh, that we know about. Or a few people that I want to highlight, I guess I should say. If you want to highlight somebody you're right. not talking about, feel free to jump in at any point. Um, I'll talk about this now. I wasn't sure if I was going to do this on the controversies or now, but there's a sumo wrestler, Hiroki Sumi, that came in. Nobody had heard of him. Allegedly, and this is allegedly per Dave Meltzer, folks. Dave Meltzer said, The Prince wanted the show when he was talking to Vince or whoever. It was when they were making the deal, he said the guys that he wanted on the show, he listed a bunch of names, but among the names, the key names that he wanted were the Ultimate Warrior, Undertaker, and Yokozuna, as Pasty had mentioned earlier. So, allegedly, Hiroki Sumi... Only one of those guys is remotely alive. <laughs> and he's and he's the dead man. <laughs> <laughs> And he's in a casket match. So allegedly, the reason they brought in Hiroki Sumi was just to give him some sumo wrestler that kind of looked like Yokozuna, even though fucking Yokozuna is Samoan, and this guy's fucking Asian, Japanese, which, (laughs) yes, there's some Asian descent in Samoa, but they're two different cultures, two different looks, two different, yeah. It's, It's how Vince sees the world, folks. I just I don't I don't understand. Did they not try to get Rikishi? Because I would have popped like a motherfucker if Rikishi would have came out and gave Daniel Bryan a stink face. I would have loved that. It probably it probably costs less to to fly Rokusumi <laughs> from Japan than it would Rikishi from the states. And remember, you gotta you gotta pay for two seats, so you're doubling the price. Uh, another thing I wanted to point out. Another Michael Cole. This was the worst one yet. I don't remember who was wrestling, but they put on a, um, the, um, not the Anaconda Vice, the, yeah, the Anaconda Vice, right? Yeah, that Sergeant Slaughter used to put on. And Cole Sled, no, no, God, what did they do? Ah, fuck, they did something. It wasn't even the Anaconda Vice. I don't remember now. But Cole said, yes, there's shades of the late, great Sergeant Slaughter. And folks, Sergeant Slaughter, <laughs> out of all the guys we have named who are dead, is not dead. Is not. So it's probably a shock to his family at home. Um, the first thing I thought 
was maybe since they're in the Middle East, they actually wanted Sergeant Slaughter to come and perform, and he was running late. And so Cole just mentioned that he was the late but great Sergeant <laughs> Slaughter. That could have been it. We don't know. Could have just been running late. But it sounded like Cole killed Slaughter. I'm waiting for Sergeant Slaughter's response. Uh, Elias <laughs> came in, and son of a bitch, they're pushing Elias. Elias elim- eliminated Connor, yeah. Kofi, Xavier, Randy Orton, and Kurt Angle. For somebody who's not a giant in this, that's a good list of people that he eliminated. And let's not forget, the Saudi crowd popped and um, spoke along with him when he said, Walk with Elias! They were on Yes, they did. They were fucking on that shit. Let me point this out, too. I don't ever recall seeing Elias eliminated. The last I recall, he rolled out. And was outside the ring? Um, no, and... he was eliminated. I don't have that up right now. Um, there are a couple non-eliminations that are, or questionable eliminations. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll get into that shit, too. Yes, we will. Uh, what did I do? Oh, here we go. I'll go with that. Um, while ending. Then, um... Then Rey Mysterio came in, and Byron Saxton and Michael Cole were way too surprised to see Rey Mysterio, which we had all been told was going to be there. But thankfully, we have Corey Graves who right, called them right. out he saying, was very you should have read the promotional material. Like, they were really selling this as a big fucking return or surprise <sighs> when he was just literally fucking already announced for it. Like, it wasn't a surprise. It was cool. I'm not going to say it wasn't cool, but it was not a right. surprise. Um, what else do we have? Oh, Roddy Strong came in, and this is what Pasty was referencing earlier about how Finn Balor didn't have the most busted up, welted up body. Roddy Strong came in and chopped and slapped the ever-loving shit out of Brian's chest to where that motherfucker... He was internally bleeding. Now, I'm not saying that his guts were bleeding. I'm saying he was bruised right. and battered so bad that it was spreading. Oh, yeah, those welts were pulled chest. up. Yeah. 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 And it's yeah. under the arm. Towards the end, when he lifted his arm up, I don't know what <laughs> happened under his arm, but something bad happened under his arm, too. <laughs> Roddy was... tickled him for a half hour. <laughs> yeah, right? So, um, <laughs> A, way to go, Roddy, for just. For, for being strong. Talk about strong style. Being strong and laying it in. And Daniel Bryan, this was while he was there for over an hour, or at least over a half hour, and just took that shit. Holy fuck. <laughs> it was wild. I want to know what he did to piss off Roddy. That's what I want to know. Right? What kind of receipt was that? Right. Um, Elias. Bobby Lashley. That was when... Or, or, or was... more more likely, of course, Daniel Bryan told him to do it. Because if he's not going to win it, he's going to show battle scars for the fucking match. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Daniel Bryan's he wants, he wants to make every match memorable going forward. Uh, which, if I can't do way, damage to my head, you're going to slap the fuck out of my chest. Which, by the way, he was not cleared to wrestle then <laughs> fucking... Uh, this week because <laughs> right. of because of his body. Um, so there you go. I don't know if I believe the infection storyline, but 
Pasty Elias was one of those that was eliminated by Bobby Lashley. He was legitimately eliminated, I'm pretty sure. Oh, okay. But I want to point out, you're looking this up. He was in there for 34 minutes and four seconds, eliminating five people. For somebody yes. who's an un- mid-card guy at this moment, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, I totally thought, I, I watched him roll out, I guess. I just didn't see him come back in and get eliminated. That happened. Um, I thought for sure he was going to do the classic wait until the last guy thinks he wins and then come in and throw him right? out. Because that would be great for Elias. When Lashley came in, a lot of people rolled out because I thought I went to the uh, kitchen. I was cooking food for my family. And I walked into the kitchen, walked back, and Brian was gone. And a whole bunch of people were gone. And I was like, holy shit. It's like, damn it, there goes my guy. Well, then he ended up coming back later on only to get eliminated again. But a lot of people rolled out at that point. Um, next, we had Titus's Fantastic Voyage. <laughs> you have anything more to say about that, Pasty, or <laughs> did we cover it? I think it was well covered. Brilliant. All right. Um, Actually, uh, didn't Coolio do a remix for that uh, song we had at the open? Shit. You know what? I I think you're right. Let me let me check here. Yeah, fuck. Yep, I got an email right here from Coolio himself. Uh, yeah, let, now's a hey, good time. Hey, thanks for hooking us any. up with that, man. Yeah, now we know it's a lot of work, any. and we appreciate what you do for us here at Beef Sticks Podcast. Much love, Coolio, and we'll never forget you as Kwanzabot from Futurama. Folks, without further ado, here is. Titus's Fantastic Voyage, the remix. People come from miles around with an almost religious. Titus O'Neill. Slide, slide, but that's the path. I got something brand new for that ass. Titus O'Neill. Yeah, that Coolio man. He's always on top of what's going on in the wrestling world. That's a good man. Right. Once more, shout out Coolio. You're the guy. Fantastic voyage. The remix. We're just we're happy to have you, my man. Pasty, thank you for noticing that email. I was going through my shit. I didn't even see the window pop up. So, uh, way to be on top of shit, Pasty. That's what I do, my friend. I don't do much, but I do what I do very well. Then we had, I think, the final Cole fuck-up of the night, at least the major one. And Cole said um, that we hadn't seen the Great Kali since he helped the Great Kali win the Punjabi prison match against Randy Orton. So we didn't see Kali since he helped himself win the Punjabi prison match against Orton. So <laughs> Cole was fucking Good job, Kali. You know, I didn't I didn't put much research into this, um, but there's so much shit. Booker T seemed just fucking stoned on uh, on commentary when they brought him back there. <laughs> he was giggling. He was fucking shit up. He couldn't stop laughing. There was a picture that they put out with um, Rey Mysterio, God, and two other superstars. I don't remember who it was now. And Ray looked stoned as fuck. He didn't have his mask on. He was just covering the ba- the bottom of his face with his hand. And he looked just fucking chopped. 
and Cole seemed to be fucking up every other line that he was talking about. <laughs> I've seen people saying that um, that smoking weed is punishable by death in Saudi Arabia. I know that Saudi Arabia is a dry nation or kingdom. I keep calling them nation. Kingdom. There is not a alcohol allowed in Saudi Arabia. I always thought Saudi Arabia was a hashish smoking nation, though, or kingdom. I thought I they were so. fans of the hookah. So I'm kind of thinking that a lot of these wrestlers couldn't go out and have some beers like they normally do, and they were puffing the hookah a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> Just saying it seems the case. Because uh, as much shit as we give Cole, he's Yeah, man, no, back in the day, this. some of the best weed came from that area of the world. Oh, no so. shit. No shit. Um, a little funny note that I noticed, Big Cass came in and then he tripped on Kevin Owens. Just funny when you got that many people in the ring. So, Pacey, let's talk about Shane and Hornswoggle. Yes. Two people that were controversially eliminated. Controversy seeming to be the theme of the night, whether it was political or in the matches. What happened My, to Shane uh... Mac? My biggest one is Shane, uh, because he started outside of the ring, climbed up onto the apron, and then climbed to the top, and was knocked off by Braun Strowman. But he was outside the ring. He was not inside the ring at any point. Uh, I guess Hornswoggle was kind of eliminated in similar fashion. But Hornswoggle did start inside the ring and go through the ropes. And climb up to the top. Uh, I know that's kind of a shitty way for me to complain about it, but I think Shane was very wrongfully eliminated for the match, and I thought that was really dumb. Really dumb! Shane was in the ring, and then he exited the ring. No, he was outside there. the ring. He got no, up off the ground. He, hit, he, he hit a coast-to-coast in the ring. He'd been in the ring. It's not like he never made it in the ring. He, he no, no, I, yeah, hit no. it coast to coast. Yeah, he was in the ring, yeah. but he had gotten out of the ring or rolled out of the ring. Yeah. And when he was eliminated, he climbed up on the outside, climbed up to the top, yeah. and was going to jump well, off. It's the same thing that happened with Hornswoggle. I, I, I don't see what you're, what, what you're referencing with Hornswoggle then. Well, because Hornswoggle himself, before he climbed to the top of the rope, was physically inside of the ring, not outside. No, he, he he climbed to the outside and climbed to the ring. He went he went through the exactly, bottom and middle exactly. rope. Exactly, and so on, on that stipulation, he would be out of the ring. But I'm saying Shane coming from the ground and going up to the top. To me, that but he was on the has more has more shine. The That's the same. You're, you're making the same argument. I, I'm, I'm not following <laughs> your logic. Shane exited the ring from inside the ring to the outside and then climbed to the top. Mm-hmm. Moments. That? Later, it wasn't. Oh, you're saying I don't know. Because like I said, okay, okay. Now I see what you're saying. Yeah, because he just went out to climb up to the top. Yeah. Shane was out and then climbed up to the top. See, my argument. I mean, it's stupid. It's stupid for me to say because, by my own belief, because because Hornswoggle exited the ring, he would also be outside of the ring, and and he shouldn't have been eliminated either. But my my, argument... my complaint lies on the Shane McMahon. My argument for Hornswoggle is that since Hornswoggle is so small, we might as well call going over the bottom rope the same as going over the top rope for a normal-sized person. (laughs) So he was over the rope. Um, Shane, I agree 100% with you, Hornswoggle and Shane. 
But again, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, and I'm going to try to get in the mind of Vince McMahon or the writers. Shane was out of the ring. He did climb to the top of the turnbuckle, at which point he put his body into the ring without touching two feet onto the mat. From inside the ring, Braun Strowman grabbed him and threw him, which would have been over the top ropes, onto the ground. So that's how I'm saying he'd done it. Now, folks, people have rolled out and never came back again and been eliminated, and there, there's no real rule. At one point, there was an unwritten rule of if you're out of the ring by the time the match is over, then you're technically... Or no, what, there was a time frame. I think it's 12 hours they had set allegedly for one person. Um, let's not forget, was it Kurt Hawken? Or, uh, uh, um, no, um... Heath Slater. Wasn't Heath Slater one of them that got attacked before he was ever even able to get to the ring? Am I right about that, Dusty? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, again, no, Hawkins. It was Hawkins. Okay. Hawkins okay. got attacked. Yeah, because he wasn't going to get into the ring, and then um, Braun chased him As down. As I mentioned before, um, Macho Man jumped out of the ring, jumped back in. We've had people never even come out who were scheduled to come out. Um, they again, they just make up their own rules for what they want, and it's got to be hard to remember what's going on. I mean, on Monday Night Raw this last week, um, Sheamus tagged himself in, hit a move, and then rolled to the outside and had to be reminded by Cesaro that he was legal. When you got multiple people and you're doing a ton of shit, it's easy to kind of forget or, or not follow the rules, I guess. Uh, I, I've always wanted them to come up, and WWE will never come up with rules written in stone, but I've always wanted the rule where if you don't enter the ring within 20 minutes, which is like a, um, if you go Lucha Libre in Mexico, you don't get a, and, and in Japan, you don't get a 10 count, you get a 20 count. A 10 count isn't a lot of time. But it doesn't seem fair that people can roll out of the ring and just hang out there and recuperate and not get eliminated. So I've always thought they should just right. have a standard. If you're out of the ring for 20 seconds, you're out. You have referees on the outside of the ring. They can start counting. And if you don't come in after 20 seconds, you're eliminated. Over the top rope or not. Because there's no freebies here, motherfucker. But WWE will never put rules written in stone and... I, I agree with you 100%. I'm playing devil's advocate here, but I agree. Shane wasn't eliminated. Hornswoggle wasn't eliminated. And there's probably other people we missed that weren't eliminated. Right. And Sergeant Slaughter was killed. <laughs> I will say, Pasty, you won this one. You picked Braun Strowman. I did. Out of 50, out of 50 guys, 50 I picked the right guy. Yeah. Leave it to me to have complaints about Shane McMahon being wrongfully eliminated when I won. So, good job. At the end of the night, um, you ended up with four. I ended up with five. With ten total yep. matches on this card, we both sucked. <laughs> <laughs> we booked it as a pay-per-view, though. We did. We were, we were not thinking of it as a house show last week, and that that's where our problem was. So we're gonna I called to... it right after the first match. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why. This is going to suck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. Not that, that it's going to suck. It was a decent show. I, I will say it was a very decent show. I happily watched it all. 
So let's get into some of the controversy, because this is probably going to take more time than we have, but we got to talk about it. It's important. Um, let's talk about Sami Zayn, Pasty White. Sami Zayn is... Um, he's Syrian. He's Syrian, and they have a war going on right now with Saudi Arabia. Sami Zayn... But he was, like, born in Canada, wasn't he? Yeah, but his, his he's as Syrian as um, Jinder Mahal is Punjabi. You know what I mean? But Paul, Paul Heyman is Jewish. Yeah. Do you think he's going to go visit a Nazi camp anytime soon and put on a show for them? <laughs> Paul Heyman would for the right amount of money. Okay, Paul Heyman would. <laughs> so that's that's a moot point. But no, he, he refused to go. He turned down a payday, did it himself. It was his choice. Why'd they have to tell him Sami Zayn was Syrian? You can't look at him and think he's Syrian. Sammy I don't think anybody look at him and be like, had, oh yeah, that guy's totally Syrian. Well, they had nothing to do with he's it. He's not from Sammy, Ireland. Sammy chose not to go. They had not, The Saudi government had nothing to do with it. Sammy chose not to go. Sammy has been, um, he's, he's had a charity going for a long time for the nation of Syria, which is uh, directly in response to, at most, Saudi Arabia's attack and, and treatment of them. He has no positive things to say about the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. He did not want to profit from this. And he decided to sit at home. And I don't know if WWE is going to try to pull the thing they did with the women and give him a check anyways. But the way I've seen Sammy talk about things and stuff, I would assume he'd never even cash that check if they did give it to him. Right. That makes a little bit more sense then. Now... Does that do anything in the long run? No. But at least I guess it gives him a peace of mind. Does it do at least that? Yeah. And I mean, they made up to him. They went to Canada right afterwards. So. <laughs> yeah, they went to his hometown afterwards. There you don't even got to travel to go to work. We'll come to you. They're Not good. a problem. They're good people. <laughs> WWE does not get enough credit for the things they do. <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. These fuckers are there for everybody. <laughs> Going out of their way to bring Sami Zayn to his hometown. <laughs> um, actually, if you give me a second, I'm going to get the... Uh... It was always a dream of his to lose to Braun Strowman and Roman Reigns in his hometown. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all he's ever wanted to do. That's why he got into wrestling, honestly. Um, now let's talk Did about... Did they lose? I kind of toned out for the end of the episode, to be honest. Yeah, they lost. Remember, um, Braun Strowman got booed for beating them because he's teaming with Roman Reigns? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um, <laughs> so let's talk about... Let's, let's get into the, the numbers here. We don't know that these numbers are legit. But per Alan Cheapshot from Letters from Center Sage podcast, he has a source that says the Saudi, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia paid WWE or is paying WWE $25 million per year for a 10-year deal. That comes out to $250 million total. Pasty White, $25 million for this one Royal Rumble is way more fucking money than they make off of WrestleMania. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. It's insane. And I wonder, like, 
is this going to be a greatest Royal Rumble every year? Are they going to do random? I don't know. I hope it's special events. We can't do 50-man rumbles every fucking year. Especially when this is now the fifth. (laughs) Next year it'll be 60. This is the fifth Battle Royal we've had in three months. Like, major Battle Royal. We had two Rumbles. We had two WrestleMania uh, Battle Royals. And now we had this. Battle Royals are not the most entertaining fucking matches. No. But. This wasn't bad, though. I mean. Let's let's put it this way, Pasty. If they're making more money on this than WrestleMania. And we're going to get into all of the controversy. As a business, is their job to take the money and build their product? Or as a public entity, as they like to push for reasons why they don't do so many other things, are they obligated to stand up against this kingdom of oppressors? I don't know that there's a right answer. I'm not asking for a correct answer. Um, just Just some opinions between you and I. Oh, man. It's... I mean, they threw away their morals. They tossed the women's revolution aside to make this money happen for money's sake. It's a total Vince move. Um, Classic Vince. Oh, yeah. I don't know. (sighs) They can't be... It seems like they're having their cake and eating it, too. Yes, you, you can't analogy. be all hoity-toity about everything and try to. God, damn the words for this: the women's revolution, the anti-bullying, all these movements, uh, Balor's Balor Club for everyone, for that matter. Which he didn't wear. They push this Connor's cure, and and then money comes around, and they got to get that money. It yeah. secures our future. Have one or the other, man. I mean, people will accept you for it. But if you're going to be about the money, be about the money and don't be about all these morals and values and give us a more mature product if you want the money. I don't have anything Um, to add. You basically have just said kind of my thoughts right there, actually. It's not wrong for them to take the money, but they need to change their approach going forward then. Yeah, it's stupid. <laughs> you you said the phrase right we'll there. We'll put it point blank that way. It is yeah. stupid. They they want they, almost they got as stupid as the fact that Pasty White did not give a nod out to our sponsors this week yet. So we'll sneak this in right here, right amid the controversy. Do you need a controversial symbol posted to the bumper of your car or your laptop? Or your face. I mean, wherever you want to stick them. That is your business. As long as you get them from Monster Wear Clothing. My homie, Corey Matthews, will hook you up with high-quality, low-cost products. Handcrafted to perfection. Quick turnaround times. Low rates. Low shipping fees on all your vinyl decal needs. Anything you want. He'll do it up. Dude's got skill. And these products are top 
fucking notch. As a testimonial, my homie Strata got a batch. Oh, about 14 months ago, I slapped a, a golden strategy logo on the window of my car. The thing is still in pristine condition going through Minnesota's harsh climates. Fan fucking tastic. Woo-woo! They also do t-shirts and hand-painted hockey masks, if that's your thing. You know, Halloween's coming up. It's right around the corner. Blink it, you'll miss it. Don't miss out on the high-quality merchandise from Monster Wear Clothing. Proud sponsors of Cloud Style Broadcasting. Hey, you want to support the show and give us some of your money? Check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cloud style. Took out a word for you to make it even easier. You can sign up for as low as one, three, or five dollars a month and make donations to your will. If you enjoy the show, help us to continue to bring you top notch content. The show only gets better as we see support. And if you don't got the money and you want to support us another way, give us some feedback. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Podcast. We're also on Twitter at BSticksCSB. And you can find us on GoFundMe. So if you want to fund me and my friend and our future endeavors in this audio entertainment podcasting universe, Give a little. A little bit goes a long way, and we can put it all towards better equipment and bring you better shows. We can get guests. You want some wrestlers on the show? You want us to start doing interviews? Help us out. Help us help you have the best content possible. Um... to do the slow clap there <clears throat> perfect beautiful all right um i'm sorry folks i thought fat mag was going to be right back what turns out not so much what do you mean? i don't right know here. what the half is are you not hearing me uh, no of course it seems like my computer is frozen why do you oh you're here you're not hearing me because your computer's frozen i'm here pasty i'm here i gotta i gotta send this guy a message on my phone because i am here I've been talking to him. Um, I am here. What the fuck? I hear you. Well, this is the uh, quality, the uh, technical difficulties that we were talking about here, folks. Sorry about that. Um, didn't mean for that to happen. But I'm still here. I'm still with you. I'm still still holding down the fort, and uh, if we can't get Pasty White back, then I will just keep running it down. I have a feeling you can hear him also, because I can too, but I don't know. We'll see. Um, I know that there's been issues earlier through the day, so maybe those issues are catching up. I don't know, but I am still here for you with you and um 
Not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Pacey, do you hear us? You don't hear us? I don't hear you. He doesn't hear us. Um... Boy, this is not fun, but um, I'm just going to let him know still here. I'm here. You back on, buddy? Yes, I am back. Yes, awesome. I, we could hear you the whole time, man. We were with <laughs> you. We were holding on to hope. <coughs> mm, I couldn't hear you at all. You told me to get my thoughts and views on things, and then <laughs> you were not. That's... I'm like, wow, he really, really left me hanging. I thought you were ignoring me when I was talking, and then all of a sudden you're like, I thought Fat Mac would be back. And I was like, I'm here, Pasty, I'm here. <laughs> I felt like I was in a fucking, uh, in the labyrinth or something, talking to him. Pasty, I'm here. Like fucking Wizard of Oz. ATM, ATM. Okay, rock on. We're back on track. <laughs> Hey, man, we knew, we knew technical right. shit was going to catch up with us. This was actually way later than I expected, so cool. We did good. And we got it <laughs> corrected during the time. How'd you... So is it all fucked up when I started slipping in the sponsors out of nowhere? No, no, I heard you perfect. Nothing screwed up. It was just like, for some reason, you just didn't hear me anymore. <laughs> Everything was crystal clear. I was talking with you. I was bantering with you, and you just were ignoring me, which I was like, nah, okay. <laughs> He's just trying to get his spiel out there. Man's all about No, the I didn't intend on talking for that long. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Because uh, I was even doing, when you were talking about, like, the painted hockey masks, I was doing the um, the the Friday the 13th, <laughs> like trying to add some ambiance and shit. But... All right. <laughs> oh, B-Sticks podcast, folks. Gotta love it. You gotta love us. Never a fucking <laughs> So, um, now, uh, okay, let's move on to the Arya Divari incident. We talked about how Arya Divari is, um, Iranian by descent. He's actually Minnesotan, but, um, they came out waving the Iranian flags, which is, which they have a big issue with there also. Saudi Arabia has issues with everybody. Let's just put that out there. They have issues with everybody. Fucking Jamaica, apparently, just sold them some bad shit, which I don't believe. Whoever got bad shit from Jamaica, but that's what's going on. Uh, Arya Davari was receiving death threats, literal death threats from people in Saudi Arabia for him waving the flag and saying what he said. Pasty, this brings me back to the 80s, man. Right? When people had to be scared to leave their houses and shit. Uh, I mean, I'm sure they expected it and planned accordingly. I mean, when you're going to push buttons and, and, and shit like that, you, you have to expect some kind of a backlash. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how many, like, how far up people actually expected backlash. I think there's some people that are just muted to the rest of the world that think 
that everything is... I mean, we know Vince literally thinks anything is okay. He would have Trish Stratus bark like a dog and make out with her in front of his wife. Legitimately. I mean, that really happened. He thinks, you know, faking rape on dead women and giving birth to hands and things like that are okay things. These are things he legitimately thinks are fine. Do you think Linda loved that gimmick when she was a quadriplegic? I'm sure... I'm sure that, um, I'm sure Linda is, uh, what do you call her? A politician's wife. (laughs) She sits back and accepts whatever happens as long as those checks keep coming in. (laughs) I'm sure she hated that though. I think any woman would. I think any woman would tell you that. But I'm not a woman. I don't know, but... Um, Maybe she got to like make out with the rock off camera or something. Hopefully, hopefully for the rock's sake, he did. <laughs> I mean, people had to make out with May Young, right? Hey, when um, who was it? Was it uh? Oh shit! Who was it? Got Bronco busted by May Young? I want to say it was. Was it Pat Patterson or Gerald Briscoe? Anyways, way back in the Attitude Patterson, era, I think. When uh, Mae Young was, was bronco-bustering somebody. I don't remember who it was. Anyways, according to Mae Young and according to uh, Bruce Pritchard, she bought fish from a fish market, let them sit out for a week, and stuffed them in her panties before she bronco-bustered him. <laughs> Oh, God. I love old school fucking wrestlers. You know, she's from the 50s and shit, right? This no holds barred. Right, right. I just love that. You could never do that nowadays. You just couldn't do it. (laughs) Uh, Allegedly, she fucking stuffed her panties with fucking fish, like old rotten fish. Oh, man. Again, off subject here, I guess. Let's get back on. Ballard Club is not for everyone in Saudi Arabia pasty. We did not get the rainbow shirts that we literally got the very next show on Raw. <laughs> right, right. Um, no gays for you. Anything to say on that? I expected it. Um, you talked earlier, too, about the backlash from the backlash promo. The Kingdom of Saudi Arabia literally put out an apology to their kingdom, and I'm going to read their apology. They apologized for, quote, the scenes of indecent women that featured in an ad before one of the matches. They also stated, do not fear, we will never allow women to participate in sports. That's from the same guy that they gave like a 15-minute video to while they were sucking his dick talking about how progressive he was. And Pasty, do you remember one the biggest thing that they were promoting for why he was so progressive for women? Did anything stand out to you? I'm putting you on the spot here, but I want to know how much you paid attention to those spots where they were sucking his dick. I didn't pay attention that much. They went out there and they're, they're talking about how great this guy is, the leader and all that. And they're like, it's changing so much. They even allow women to drive cars now. Like, holy shit. Number one, welcome to the fucking 1920s. 
That's my first thought. (laughs) My second thought is, if there's any fucking right that we should probably withhold from women, it's probably fucking driving. (laughs) They don't... If we could legitimately say there's one thing they are bad at, it's fucking driving. So, if you're going to be progressive, be progressive with voting. Be progressive with them being in your army, with them having freedoms, with them being unwed single mothers with them showing their face. Be progressive with all sorts of shit. Just keep them off the fucking road. <laughs> Especially if they can't show their face. You don't got full range of vision in a burka. Yeah, you do. It don't cover their eyes. It doesn't cover their eyes, but you got to think you, you'd get some. Like, you, you wear a mask. Well, if you roll the window down, it's going to flap over and get in your eyes. And, yeah, it's all sorts of crazy shit. No. I just thought... I just had... I literally laughed out loud very loud when they were like it's such a progressive nation we can now drive cars it's <laughs> like oh my god do you know how, who fucking who seen this and was like yep we're gonna keep that in <laughs> my favorite part was when they were like uh we know that entertainment is one of the three pillars of society <laughs> like holy shit Welcome to civilization. Right? I know. I, I fucking loved that. Especially since there's probably, if there's only three pillars of society, entertainment is important, but it's probably not. If you only get three, I mean, there's probably like love. Then there's probably taking care of people or, or health or, or, you know, stuff like that. Then there's probably, I don't know, prosperity or respect or, you know, then there's got to be, you got to put children education, fucking all sorts of shit probably goes above entertainment if you only get three pillars. <laughs> if you only allow me three things in my life, man, entertainment might be there, but I'm definitely going to toggle it with some other shit. It just had I me rolling because, like, stone. the way they said it sounds like five years ago you'd go there and there would be no like, entertainment. Like they weren't allowed to entertain, yeah, like they weren't allowed to have fun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're Baron Corbin. I don't like fun. <laughs> oh, gosh. So that was just fucking great and amazing. Where am I at? Um, okay, we kind of touched on this. This is less controversial than the other shit. I'll pass over the major titles having non-finishes. You want to talk about that or no? Eh, it's a whole show. Did. Shut up, and it makes sense, yeah. Um, right, right. So let's talk about the fact that we both thought Roman Reigns was going to win, but Brock won. Brock could possibly surpass CM Punk's 434-day title reign, Pasty. If Brock makes it to June 11th, he will surpass Punk's reign. And keep in mind, he's not on the Backlash pay-per-view, and the next pay-per-view is Money in the Bank, which is June 17th. Well, then he's going to do it. Why not? So maybe you were right. The CM Punk chance set Vince off. Yeah, maybe. You know, with Braun, um, with Braun winning this Rumble, Braun now erased Alberto Del Rio from the annals of WWE as being the record setter for the largest Rumble ever won. Alberto Del Rio won the right. only 40-man Rumble, so he was always going to be in history as the largest Rumble winner. They got rid of that with Braun Strowman. They seem to like to erase the people they like to forget. Erase them or change them. Yep. They changed Warrior. 
The warrior that they promote is not the warrior that lived. Um, anything else you want to talk about here before we move on to... Let's talk Warriors? about this green championship that we'll probably never see again. Oh, yeah. First of all, I love how it looks. I'm I'm one of the few... Yeah, everybody it looks great. I don't mind the color, being as it's kind of a gimmick title anyways, and I'm... I'm, I'm it's, f- I, I like seeing a color other than fucking red and blue in a WWE thing. Yeah, I'm for titles being different colored. I'm okay with that if it makes sense. And the this Rumble was pro- 